Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I'm Connor from the House of L. And I am Ray from the House of Zod. And uh, it's cooled down a bit down in this hellish wasteland. Uh, for me anyway. Breezy. Yeah. I heard it's getting hotter down south, which when you think about it just doesn't make any sense, but whatever. <laughs> no, uh, I can verify. No, not really. I mean, it, we've had uh, hot spells, um, but it's been pretty pleasant, actually. So, okay. Uh, yep, no um, no blistering boils or, or you know, burnt skin, leathery skin here. Conorel, uh, the, yes. the Zod- Zodonians. Are they Zodonians? What are they called? The House of Zods? Z- Zodites? We're all quite happy. All right. Well, that's good to hear. So, <laughs> what what Superman related things have been happening? Have you read anything new or? Well, first of all, Connor, it feels like ages since we've been on this podcast. It does. I think because we were. I think it's because we recorded the last one pretty early on. We did, and we're so leaving for, this. Yeah. yeah, and we're leaving this right up until the um, the twelfth hour, aren't we? Um, yeah, for so, our listeners, it'll be two weeks, but for us, it's probably more like three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Certainly has been. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but no, things have been things have been okay. Um, Superman wise, I I finished my viewing of the death of Superman. Um, uh, yes. I thought that was great. Actually, I think I um yeah I, I messaged you a few few things um, yeah. well, actually while i was watching i really enjoyed uh, i really enjoyed actually the all out action there was a lot of action can i say that and i you would hope so yeah and i yeah i do not mind that at all um and i found it really kind of ramped up towards the uh the final act there but i loved uh wonder woman's um uh, fight with with doomsday uh but then when superman came in it was, it was all good it was all good i really really enjoyable um yeah, it's great. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Um, I, I wasn't like you know to to be to be honest as well at the beginning, uh, the animation was 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 fair was good. Uh, in some bits looked really really nice. Um, sometimes I thought the animation looked a little awkward. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, yeah. I think they have like a certain budget to work with. Okay. So because like I, some of the animation is weird. Um, you know and. I think obviously all their budget went into Superman versus Doomsday. Uh-huh. Cuz as soon as they started fighting the animation went up in yeah, quality. It did. Um, yeah, yeah, it did. You know, and it was really visceral, fast-paced mm. and awesome and the animation was great, very detailed. Mm. Uh, but like you compare that to his fight with the Intergang thugs at the start, mm. just kind of like potato in comparison. Yeah. Um exactly. Actually, well that's yeah. I mean that that's right on your Which right is on my point. Like my biggest, which is my biggest flaw with that problem with that movie is sort of you know, uh, due to the nature of their low budget, they have to you know work out where to put it. Unfortunately, mm. um, and since this was a big had a big action centerpiece, they had to put it all in there. I so. didn't really consider that, but because um, I don't know enough about animation, but I didn't realize that they actually pull all their budget in in certain scenes um, to yeah, yeah it's okay. it's. It's more noticeable in some of these animated movies than others. Like, uh, yeah. it's a lot less notable and Ra- noticeable in Reign of the Superman okay. because it's more spread out. Yeah. Uh, same with like uh, Batman versus Robin. I didn't notice Batman any. versus Robin. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Batman and his son Robin are having difficulties. A bit um, of a bit of a tiff. Yeah, a bit of a tiff. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't really notice any animation differences okay. in quality in that. Um, okay. Okay, yeah, I you mean, know, 
probably still like, I think even some of the crummier parts of Death of Superman are probably still better than like Superman vs. the Elite, the stupid Jay Leno. Ah, oh, right. Uh, although I do want to see that because of that um, the issue that we covered. Um, yeah, 70, yeah that, that that was really cool. Um, but yeah, overall it was a it was a great. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. And I'm I'm keen to actually see the reign of the Superman as well. Yeah, as, as a it's a natural follow up, obviously to it. Yeah. Uh, but also, Conrail, um, I must uh, must confess as well. I do have a pile of Superman comics on my list. Hmm. I haven't been able to read them. I haven't been able to read many. Um, you know, current comics. Uh, so unfortunately, I think I've got two action comics and one Superman comic. Uh, yeah, I read uh, Superman eight, and I think Action mm-hmm. Comics a thousand and eight will be out. Is already out, yes. so I have to go pick that up. Yeah. How uh, was uh, How was a thousand seven? I haven't read that yet. I didn't like it. Oh, you didn't like it. You didn't like it, right? Yeah. And I've got eight. The one that you just mentioned. Did you like eight? Um, oh, you know, because it's, it's on about even... it's about his son, right? So. Yeah, and I can't even remember it that much. I remember the yeah. ending. Right. Oh, yeah, no, it, it wasn't that great. It wasn't that great. It was like, well. oh, Grandpa's crazy. Oh, really? Because, you know, <laughs> he was a crazy supervillain, like, last year, so we're not really surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah. But whatever. Oh, um, God, eh? Well. This was, uh, uh, this was, you know, better because it actually focused on Superman, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And and how about yourself, Connor? Apart from the current pulls, um, how's your how's your week or couple of weeks been going? Um, I haven't uh, Superman specific. I haven't actually. This is the only Superman thing I've read. It's just being hectic. Yep. Yeah. Um, I had some mild seething looking at some reviews for Superman the movie. Uh, <laughs> Had a That's, bit of a seethe here and there. Yeah, I was yeah. a bit like, "Ah, oh, you guys are stupid." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not not much uh, Superman related happening uh, mm. in my spare time. I've just been consuming other media, uh, yes. detective shows, and uh, Star Trek and everything. Uh, so, okay, okay, yeah. Um, what what uh, detective shows can I ask? Oh, True Detective specifically. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, and I'll hopefully be watching Zodiac tonight. Do you remember that movie? Uh, 2007, Eric Banner, Robert Downey Jr. Mark Ruffalo as well? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, last time I saw that uh, was ages ago, so I want to rewatch it with fresh oh. eyes. Oh, nice yeah. one. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on, um, you know, if we're to just kind of veer away a little, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, that's really good. I've been watching The Tick. I don't know how else to introduce the it. The Tick, yeah, yeah. I on uh, Amazon. It is mad. It I've is... been staring at that for ages, like just like, oh, do I want to start it or yeah. Yeah, maybe later? You know, because it's. Did you like the original? Or I, I haven't. I haven't seen the original. I just saw oh. Ben Edlund uh, was one of the best writers on Supernatural. I don't know. He created the Tick, so yes. it's always been on my radar. He's uh, and it he, looks it looks great. It looks yeah, it is. It, it's it's if you can if you can lock into his uh, universe um, and his style of writing, which his style of writing is I, I can't I cannot lord it enough. It is so fun to just um, you know to I can't say read to watch. Uh, it's uh, he, it's very consistent with um, Patrick Warburton's um, The Tick earlier on but um how can i say it's it's done a little bit more modern uh and there's a bit bit more um special effects and stuff but it's still kind of yeah. campy because that's that's a whole thing it that's a whole oh, premise yeah. of it i love his chin yeah oh man it is so cool and the guy um peter sefranovitz or however you pronounce his name 
Uh, he's good as a tick. I really like him in Arthur as well. Um, his sidekick, uh, really good. I've only I'm only about five episodes in, but uh, it was infectious. I kept on kept on watching it from um, episode one. Yeah, so. I'm I'm really uh, yeah. I, I that's on my radar. Yeah, I've lost my Amazon Prime subscription, which is a good news because <laughs> I've been trying to cancel it and I didn't know how. But I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Like contacting customer service. So anyway, yeah. um, I, how's Titans going? Did you finish that? Uh, I watched another one. It's a slow burn. Like I'm watching a, I'm watching a bit by bit. Um, uh, yeah, no, it, it's going okay. I was a little distracted by the tick. I, I watched <laughs> watched that instead. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and what? There's another thing. Ah, oh, man, what is it? Uh, there was another new thing that turned up that I. Doom Patrol? Yes. Oh, no, not Doom Patrol. Uh, there's another thing on Netflix that I ended up started watching as well. Uh, oh, The Umbrella Academy. That was it. All oh, right. Yeah, I keep hearing people talk about that, but then I see Ellen Page, so I'm like... Oh. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's very solid. Uh, Ellen Page, does I she, mean... Does she act or does she just sort of stand there as usual? <laughs> uh, well, well, she... No, she, I think she's a good actor. She hasn't, um, she hasn't had that big a role as yet. I'm only a few episodes in. Um, but I, I've seen her dance now. There's a whole montage of them all dancing in different places, and that was pretty cool. Uh, no, it was good. It's good. It's good. Uh, I, I kind of like it. So uh, Umbrella Academy, Titans, and The Tick are my are on my list at the moment. Um, yeah, to watch it. But uh, yeah, now, actually, I wanted to actually ask you, kind of, before we obviously get into uh, Superman, um, Hellboy. The, the latest teaser, tra- uh, the latest trailer. Have you, know, you seen I was, it? I was going to make a point of bringing this up on the Iron Fist podcast. Yeah. Because um, I'm like, oh, bring, you know, I was here. thinking, like, yeah. well, I've, I've talked about Hellboy on Iron Fist podcast before, yeah. but all right, I'll talk about it here. Talk about it here, yeah. yeah. What the yeah. hell, man? What like, the hell? Uh, you know, <laughs> you, uh, the whole selling point was like, oh, you know, it's going to be more like the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's good news because I like Del Toro's. Well, okay, I, I like Del. I thought Del Toro's movies were good visually, mm-hmm. and the character of Hellboy was done well. But yep. uh, the other, all the other characters were very simplified. Okay, like Abe Sapien, Liz Sherman, mm-hmm. were just, mm-hmm. you know, they were reduced to nerdy sidekick and love interests. Yep. Whereas in the comics, they have a lot more depth, and the tone of the comics is, it still kind of has that humor. Mm-hmm. You know, with Hellboy's kind of reaction to all of these horrible things happening, like, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it had a lot bleaker tone. It was more horror-oriented. It used a lot of folklore and stuff. I, I love the, mm-hmm. uh, People don't know already, Hellboy is, like, my favorite comic run of all time. Yeah. Uh, Mike Mignola's Hellboy. And uh, so more like the comics, I'm like, okay, I'm really excited for that. Yes. And our rating, I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. You know, uh, our rating means they can do whatever they want. Um, I don't think you need an R to make Hellboy work, but uh, you know you can, you know whatever. And then, uh-huh. then well, the what trailer is this? Drops. Sorry, so, sorry, kind of just to stop you there. What is this um, hesitance that everyone has about R ratings? Um, I saw it on Twitter. Um, someone uh, in the Demons guys asked, you know, does does Ghost Rider need an R rating? People go, they doesn't need one. What's the problem? Uh, Hellboy well, have an R well, rating? Go for with- it. With Ghost Rider, it's like he, he really doesn't need an R rating unless but, you're adapting like the really messed up Danny Ketch stories. Yeah. Like reading Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, it, it's. But I don't think like, I don't think having it, I don't think having an R rating is forced upon it. I think it, it's still at home with is, it, similar to Hellboy. 
if you gave okay, say you give like a you know Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, if you gave that an R rating, you would have to put stuff in there to make it R rated because it's not there as it is. You know what I mean? Well, it like, can be. It can be. Well, for sure, it can be. Well, then you would just be. No, no, no! You're not pandering because you can't. There's, there's. I think I'm not there's. Gri- pandering. I think. I think there's grisly enough stuff to 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 make it R rating. Uh, yeah. I mean, it depends. What honestly, it depends what you adapt. I mean, the pure nature of the the whole premise of Ghost Rider as well. It just screams R rating to me. That's, Seriously, that's, same with Hellboy. That's so not an R rating though. The whole premise of Ghost Rider because How? so much of the violence is not like visceral. If you know what I mean. Like, the violence isn't just, like, he's a guy with a flaming skull on a motorcycle. He's burning people with soul fire, yeah. but it's their souls being burned. They're not being physically burned. And, you know, penance there and stuff, like, it's just, I feel like yeah. if you, but if I you guess made you... it... Yeah, sorry. If you met, like, okay, you take Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider movie, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's pretend for a second that they do it more comic accurate and it's actually, like, good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you have like all the stuff happening there mm-hmm. like a, one of the problem like the violence in that movie mm-hmm. is a pretty accurate level mm-hmm. for typical ghost rider violence in all the stories i've read right um like that that and that was just m yeah you know but that was just m but it had everything it needed to be yeah. a Ghost Rider movie, you know what I mean? Like, if uh, you made it R, yeah. I feel like you would just have to inject the F word a few times, and that would bump it up uh, to an R rating. I don't know. I think I think Ghost Rider deals with a lot of uh, very shady characters, and I'm not talking about necessarily R rating for Ghost Rider's actions. You got to look at what's happening around him and in his world, and who he I mean, deals with. And he deals with a very a lot of violent, terrible people. Like, um, Black was it Blackout or um, Black? Not Blackheart. Yeah, Blackout. Blackout, a, a terrible, terrifying character. Surely there'd be a lot of stuff. There. Well, that, that's what I meant. If yeah. they, it, it depends what you adapt, because yeah. if they were going for a really sort of violent blackout story, yeah. then I could see yeah. R or MA. I mean, I guess, but when you say R rating, do you mean Australian R rating or like? Uh, I don't know. I, I think just because um... Logan's not an R rating here. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe MA. MA then. Uh, sorry, yeah. Australian have uh, MA, which I think is an R rating in the US. So that that's what I'm um, looking at. Yeah. Because Logan, like... Logan's pretty, pretty, um, yeah, pretty, I mean, that's that's pretty gruesome enough, pretty graphic enough. And I think that's um, what Ghost Rider would, you know, can warrant with, with the adversaries that he, um, adversaries that he, um, that he encounters. I mean, sure, his penance, yeah. his penance there, of course, and it's all about the soul. It's not much him, but, like, uh, the people he meets are terrible. Um, and he can, and similar, I think, with Hellboy, the, the, the hellish sort of things that he comes across, surely, you know, if we are to depict, you know, the, the, the devilish and, and really, you know, worst of the worst things that Hellboy comes across, then... You know that you'd have to show. You need you need for Hellboy. You'd want the R rating for grotesque horror. Yeah, yeah. Like tentacles exploding out of people and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, not yeah. not for not necessarily for blood and no F-bombs, no. But it looks like they've given it the R rating just so they can swear and have some blood in there. Oh, okay. Which is like, yeah. I'm talking like and, you know body horror, like any you know that sort of stuff. Yeah, and that's yeah. I mean. 
you'll never get a good Hellboy movie made because moviegoers wouldn't know what the hell it was. Like nah, just, right. Um, and I know back to Ghost Rider, it's like sure. I just, uh, it's just. I mean, yeah, you can have your bad guys doing, but the difference between Ghost Rider and Wolverine mm. is Wolverine has claws, and a big thing with the Wolverine movies is they'd always been noticeably hampered yeah. by the fact that it didn't get an R rating. Oh, like, yeah, the totally action would have all these weird cuts and stuff. Yeah, totally But with agree. Ghost Rider, yeah. um, you can have your villains be horrible and grotesque. You don't have to show them, like, disemboweling people, and you don't have to see the guts. You know what I mean? Well, like, I mean... You can have the same effects without an R rating. Like, True. I know Ghost Rider's right hell and everything, but... You, you could, but I mean, like, then again... I'd have same... no problem yeah. with R-rated Ghost Rider. Yeah. I'd raise my eyebrow a bit, because I'm like, well, what are you guys going to be doing that yeah. is going to be such an R-rating, but... um. Yeah. I, I, I just think know, I just like... I just think people focus too much on um, should it, shouldn't be R-rating, uh, you know, and that becomes... It a should sti- be what they... Yeah, They exactly. should write the story becomes, and everything exactly. first and then apply exactly. the rating to what's ever needed. Exactly. It's, yeah. a, it's a sticking point. And, and I think what we've illustrated... I mean, like I guess I'm just saying that I've got no problems with it being R-rated because I can imagine, like in my head, I can imagine many stories with Ghost Rider that warrants an R-rating. Um, and I'm sure there are many stories that you can do successfully that don't need an R-rating. But, you know, I'm not going to say, no, it shouldn't be R-rated because that just... yeah. You know, that just is the best I mean, like, silly. My my perfect Ghost Rider story is a weird horror western, you know, mm. back like the old classic stories. Yeah. I, I I think Ghost Rider's way better in the desert and small towns, mm. odd places. I don't like Ghost Rider in the big city. Yeah. I just, you know, he should be traveling and encountering weird stuff. In the big city, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get your point as well, yeah, for sure. Uh, but the, the big it's... city is where I've read the more violent stories, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, in in with Ghost Rider in the big city, um, the cities themselves just I cannot imagine they just turn into re- really uh, you, you can't imagine how much crime actually happens in the city. It seems to be everywhere you go in in, in that Ghost Rider you know world. I'm, let I'm him t- loose in Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should. He should. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So. Um, Anyway, a little shout-out to the Inner Demons guys there. Always doing good stuff. They're on a bit of a hiatus, Connor. Um, so Yeah, I saw. Uh, Fallen Brothers, but they'll be back, um, you know, with a vengeance. <laughs> mm, hopefully. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, sorry. So, that yes, yeah, so Hellboy, you have, seen, you have seen the latest trailer, have you? Or... Yes, yeah, so back to why I hate the Hellboy yes, trailer. Sure. As, I, as I said before, <laughs> you know, more like the comics, awesome. Turns mm. out oh, they're just injecting over-the-top humor yeah. and, like, uh, like some F-words in there. Yeah. Just well, to make it R, so people can be like, ooh, an R-rated comic book. Yeah. Like, I think this is a case where they're making it R, where it's done to panda. I yeah. think they're trying to make money out of it being that's, made R-rated. That's a bit um, sad, isn't it? And, and, but, you know, not unexpected with um, the... Deadpool um, 6. Yeah, Deadpool paving the way, and, and then you have Logan to an extent as well. So, yeah, of course they're yeah. going to do it because it's a niche, isn't it? It's a niche market now. I hate it how this R rating. You know, like, I, is watched, a niche. I watched the trailer and I'm like, this is not the atmosphere of the comics. This is nothing like comics. Yeah. You know, and you have this sweet redheaded Irish lass that ends up serving as. Cowboy's love interest, and they really complement each other nicely. She's, yeah. she, you know, she's strong, but she's not in your face, and she's not a fighter. Yeah, you know, she's a civilian. But in the 
in the movie, she's mm-hmm. been turned into a sassy British chick with uh, dreads. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who's like doing martial arts kicks and stuff. And I'm just, I, I saw that, and I'm just like, f this. It kind of, it <laughs> kind know? of, it kind of cheapens it, yeah. doesn't it? It, it cheapens it. Yeah, for the, the and fans. it's just I don't need another sassy character, yeah. you know, yeah. just to. Oh, I don't know. Just... Uh, I mean, look, um, to be honest, like when I, because I've seen the latest one, and the last one, I'm grateful that it doesn't seem to be over the top humor, which the last trailer seemed to be. It seemed to make it almost a comedy. This one at least has showed a little bit more grit to it. Um, I'll, have, I'll have to watch that then. Oh, okay, you I haven't, haven't seen okay. the newest one. I'm okay. talking about the first trailer. Oh, okay, okay. Because uh, I can't remember that sassy chick in the first one, but um, she she makes an appearance again in the second one. I only watched it like maybe half an hour ago, and. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, not knowing the characters that well, I, I thought it was fine. What I did find was um, I I do miss Ron Perlman's uh, charisma as Hellboy. I just don't see David Harbour. He he looks good in the suit. Um, he's got kind of the voice, uh, but he, he comes across to me a little bit more wooden compared to Ron Perlman's like, swagger. Um, so I'm hoping... You know, when I watch the movie, that will change my mind. But, um, yeah, that was what I noticed. Uh, and, yeah, I noticed, I don't know, I'm getting vibes of Underworld and, and, and all those sorts of movies where it's just a lot of martial artsy people uh, doing their fights yeah, and there being yeah. a big scene. I like Mila Jovovich is in it. Um, she's she's pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, I'm getting a little bit of that vibe. Uh, there's some CGI, over-the-top CGI. Um, but, anyway, um, I still watch it. So, <laughs> so. Uh, there you go. You know, they've got their hooks into me. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, we are we are digressing so much here. Yes, we are Kryptonians, so, Connor. Kryptonians. Yeah. Uh, on to so what we're covering today mm-hmm. is the Man and Superman uh, one hundred page super spectacular. Mm. Uh, so this is this is uh, four issues in one. It's like a if you buy the issue, it's like a mini miniature trade. Mm. Um, written by Mark Wolfman, drawn by Claudio Castellini, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So actually, I'll see if there's any inkers or anything. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Hi-Fi did the colors. Tom Orzachowski did the letters. Jessica Chan is the associate editor. Brian Cunningham is the editor with. Peter J. Tomasi and Mike Martz, and the cover is by Claudio Castellini and Alex Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about the cover and then the background stuff yep. that Marv goes into, and then we will go into the story and uh, fly off. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have the back is just a black uh, page with the S in the middle. And it just has a quote, I was wrong, Ma and Pa were wrong, I can't do this, which is a quote setting the sort of theme of the book, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the front cover, which I really like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what what were the defining moments there on the front cover there for you, Connorell? Well, I mean, it's all... It's all, it's all pretty much uh, self-explanatory. You have mm-hmm. you have the shadow of Superman zooming through cornfields towards the Daily Planet with a big S imposed mm-hmm. in the back. Um, like it's the exact journey that this book is talking about. You know, it's Superman yeah. going from the small town to the big city, and you know, becoming Superman. Uh, yeah, it, it's just a. Uh, 
yeah, it's got these two essential pieces of Superman mythology on the front cover, mm-hmm. and I, I like it. I like, and I love like the sort of light at the end of, uh, you know, the cornfield. It, it seems like mm-hmm. an epic cover. You yeah. know, like a legend is coming to. I don't know. Um, it, it's a great cover. Yeah, I, look, I certainly think that it is a very um, different cover from the ones that we've seen, at least. I mean, I know you've been exposed to many of the covers, Conorel, in your um, journey to learn more Just about. Just a few. Yeah, um, so I've, I've, I've had a handful of it, and to me it's, it's obviously very different. Oh, look, I um, if anything, uh, I, I enjoy the, the colours to this and the, the use of the colours um, and the lighting. Do you have a physical copy or a digital? I've got a digital copy. See, so. I think this cover looks way better physically than okay. digitally. Ah, okay, okay. I think, it, know, I think it works really well as a cover for a book. Okay, well, well bear with me. Bear with me, Connor. Um, <laughs> I may surprise you on a few instances. But um, but this cover to me was, uh, I found, look, it, it defined this uh, um, from, other, from the, the typical comic, I guess. And I guess that's what it wants to do as well, by especially having Man and Superman on there. Um, noticeably, no Superman, just his, just his shadow, uh, if anything, yeah. flying towards, uh, and, and the city. Um, so I kind of found this a little, um, to be honest, a little, I wouldn't say bland, but just uh, it didn't pop out to me. But the the thing that it did give me was a sense that this is something very different, potentially something very special, special, almost yeah. kind of like a novel. I know that sounds weird, but it's like it's like no, this is it, a cover it, it to a novel, yeah, 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 rather than to a, a cover to a comic. So uh, yeah, that's my that's my take on it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, no zods um, in there, so that you know, marked no, down no straight away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we get. I love this uh, interior thing here like the uh you know superman looking down on metropolis and it's all black and white mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, that I was think the... that's great with, with the yeah yeah i think it's very with good the writer at... credits exactly and i and i think it actually ties in it's very well it's tying in formatted mm-hmm. i mean you mentioned the back cover um there are yep. a couple of black pages there as well so again it kind of um starts to create um, how shall I say? Kind of creates a story within itself, a, a mythos to actually this book itself. I think it, it kind yeah. of really makes it special. So yeah, and so we get we get on the next two pages. We have an introduction by Wild Wolfman, mm-hmm. um, and I usually skip introductions till I've read the book because I always bloody spoil it. Ah, okay. But since this was the introduction to the first printing of a book that had never been read before, I knew it wasn't going to spoil it because I would be stupid. <laughs> so, you know, it's like you get your you get your bloody third printing of The Dark Knight Returns and you have some guy talking about it and he'll tell you the whole plot in the introduction. Um, not that that happened to me, just an example, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So Marv's essentially saying he wrote this back in 2006. Yep. For a Superman Confidential story series, which dealt with uh, moment, early moments in Superman's career, uh, one of the fa- probably the most famous one was a Darwin Cook story, Kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so and this has just been published now because back then there was all sorts of continuity issues and stuff. Um, and it's funny because. I think back then, I think there was sort of Man of Steel and Birthright were concurrently in continuity, mm-hmm. which is why this wasn't published because it confused things even more. But right now, what's currently in continuity is like a mix of Secret Origins and Morrison's Action Comics, which is kind of the same situation. You have two origins 
sort of existing at the same time. Um, in the case of these two origins, it's like, you know, heaven and hell because Secret mm-hmm. Origin is hot trash by garbage <laughs> that I... Um, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I find it because, like, this doesn't fit into continuity either. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I just I just took this as out of canon or in canon. doesn't really matter. Who knows? Yep. Whatever. Um, at this point, who bloody knows? It's a mess, but, yeah. <sighs> so continuity status of this comic don't know uh read it anyway <laughs> yeah it's interesting i guess um so you so... weren't you weren't phased at all by this potential continuity you know conflict no no like this this book directly contradicts birthright and man of steel yeah yeah and but... it also directly contradicts the current two origins floating yeah. around so... so but but how did you knowing that how did you how did you enter this story I just read it. Like, I. <laughs> M- Marv Wolfman's like, hey, this is my best Superman story. I'm like, all right, let's see what you got. And I read it. Like, okay, okay. You okay. Know? So, um, there was, yeah, there's no like. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, but even maybe immediately after you read it, what were you like? Were you kind of like. Were you like, oh, this is crap because it does not follow at all what, you know? No, uh, no. no continuity. Yeah. I have no continuity gripes with this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean. Yeah. I don't know if this is out of or in continuity. I'm going to assume yeah. out of, but either way, I wouldn't really care. Yeah. Uh, you know why? Because I, what I'm getting at is, well, and I, I think it's because, and but you know a lot more about Superman canon and, and stuff than I do, but I think this is partly due to the setup of it and, and what we've just mentioned before, how I think they've really marketed this and tailored it to be a special event um it, it seems almost elevated maybe elevated um uh, apart from the cor- the comics and the current comics so i think that's probably why um you weren't yeah taken to and look i obviously i mean again being the newer um fan of, of us two uh, had no problems at all, and I actually, I actually embraced this um, this idea of how kind of a special event this was. Um, so I threw everything out, uh, didn't even bother thinking about continuity. Like I, I just knew that this was obviously before um, he became well known as Superman, and this was just a part of his life before then, and this is what happened. Uh, and I couldn't really care less if if it conflicted with anything before. Uh, it was just a really good story, I thought. And um, and with Marvelman's forward at the beginning, I um, I I was enthralled. Actually, I, I hung on every word. I guess maybe because yeah. I was looking forward to this. I I don't know, but uh, you know, as yeah. you said, we've seen a lot of these things before at the beginning of of books. Um, but to me, it was like, okay, well, this is apparently, and you told me as well, this was his best story that he's ever written maybe that had some weight to it but i kind of went into it thinking okay i'm, I'm ready to be entertained so uh yeah. yeah yeah so it was very much a something set apart from the rest of the comics yeah like that yeah as you said this is advertised as a special thing like this mm-hmm. is uh hey this is this is you know a prestige comic coming out mm-hmm. like a it's like a whole story yeah you know, and this was this was advertised, and like all the advertising I saw for this was this is Marvel Wolfman's best Superman story. Yeah, that was all the advertising I saw. So for me, I'm like, okay, most you know, I'm like, well, it's Marvel Wolfman, so I knew this was published a while ago. Mm-hmm. 
from like anything I read would mention that this or not published a while ago, written a while ago. Everything I read said like, oh yeah, this was written ages ago. So that was also I didn't expect any continuity stuff because well, if this was written hmm. like twenty or ten years ago, then it's not going to be. Yeah. You know, it's going to be from whatever that sort of era of continuity, and this even contradicts that era, which is funny. But yeah, <laughs> um, so uh, I had zero continuity expectations or anything. Well, because it wasn't advertised as like, oh, this is Superman's new origin. Yeah, it was uh, advertised yes. as exactly. this is a story about Superman's formative years that Marv Wolfman did. Yeah, and I you think know? that's I think that's a good thing that they've done because if they've gone down the route of you know, this is his. This is his real telling. This is his origins. Uh, you'd get a lot more kind of flack. Yeah, there was there was yeah. nothing like that in the advertising. It was mm. just this is Marvel Wolfman Superman story, and I like that. I wish there was more books that did this. I want more. Yeah. You know, I want more sort of Superman showcases. Give me more. Give me more issues like this where you just have a good story or. Yeah. Give me more antho- Give me more like you know, uh, Batman Secret Files. Give me Superman Secret Files. Just uh, okay. a book full of Superman stories or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think we yearn for that as comic readers. A, a bit more of the older, older school way of, of telling stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I'm seeing it with um to a, a, a smaller extent with Mark. Uh, not Mark. Marvel Comics presents um, that old format of anthologies. Um, I'm really enjoying that at the moment from Marvel, um, mm. and uh, they're releasing their old school, like these are the titles that we'd love, romances, um, Gunhawk, uh, a Western, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it hasn't been done in ages, so we're coming to no, that point. Hasn't. Yeah, we're coming to the point where it's like, maybe this is what we need again. Um, yeah, and anyway, it's, uh, you've seen yeah. it with um, with DC as well. With uh, Aren't they releasing a lot more Walmart exclusive original um, uh, giants? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't I mean I know I know I like anthologies so much that I picked up the Valentine. Okay, no, that's not the reason I picked up the Valentine's uh, specials because the cover was hilarious. But uh, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know it is because like uh, I don't know, just the current Superman run is like oh, sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's like, but this is like oh, this is a Superman story that I'm interested in. Sometimes you need a break you know. from it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, the way the modern comic book writing is done at the moment, sometimes you do need a break. Um, I'm just finding another example is the, the newest Avengers uh, by Al Ewing, uh, Jim Zub, and Mark Wade, uh, No Road Home. That's a follow-up to No Surrender. I don't know if you're following that, Connor. But um, just really classic Avengers storytelling, and it's... For me, it's like five out of five. It's just like it's um, just really fun, well-paced, uh, good action, good characters. That's all you need. And there's no yeah. trying to be too smart for its own good kind of writing. Uh, not to say that all modern writers are like that, but um, it's just classic storytelling. And that's yeah. I think that's what we all kind of want. Yeah, because like I'm reading these current Superman, and they're they're ongoing. It's kind of like a soap opera. It's just yeah, never yeah. Gonna, it's never ending. Whereas with something like this, it's like okay, Ben, here it's on the shelf. Here's a full Superman story. Yeah, you know I want, uh, or you know, give us even more Superman miniseries. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, we oh God, we have who? Oh my God, we have the train wreck of uh, Superman Year One coming out at some point <laughs> <laughs> with uh, what's considered. Uh, the writer who did the most damage to Superman and the worst Superman artist teaming up to write a Superman book. <laughs> well, who's, the, who's the worst artist? Uh, John Romita Jr. 
Oh, really? Is he considered the worst? Yeah. For Superman? For art? Superman, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I love his Daredevil art, but man, his Superman art's like... <laughs> his Daredevil... Yeah, his, Daredevil, his Wolverine's pretty good as well. Um, He's doing a book called Superman Year One, and yeah. and the and it's part of the Black Label adult line, so oh. who knows what crazy crap Frank Miller's going to put in there. Oh, God. Um, Jeez. Yeah, well, I mean, the names will sell the books, won't they? And the label, so... Well, it's selling it to me, even if it is just morbid curiosity. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and yeah, like, when I first heard about this story, I thought this was going to be a story that Marvel Wolfman wrote in the 70s or something. So I was expecting, like, a Silver Age Superman, but... uh uh-huh. uh, Bronze Age, I mean. But uh, no, this was uh, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So Kent's are still alive. Damn you. But, um, yeah. Shall we... Uh, we ready to let's let's get into okay. it. All right, off to the fields of um, Metropolis. Hey, up, 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 up and, and away. away. Okay, so chapter one in which he leaves Smallville as a boy. Clark leaves Smallville and arrives at the Big Smoke, Metropolis. Having left his good parents, Jonathan and Martha, Clark ventures into Metropolis to make a start for himself and to hopefully land a job at a newspaper office. Soaking in the ambience of his run-down apartment, Clark soon encounters a huge fire in an adjacent building. There's no need, however, to intervene, and Clark awkwardly walks away as the fire department managed um, the curious crowd and blazing fire. Overhearing a conversation from some journalists the next day, Clark discovers that the fire the previous night may well be a result of arson. This pushes Clark to investigate, so in the dead of night, he dresses up in black and flies off to the smouldering building site to see what he can find. Unfortunately, he's not the only one there, and it's a close encounter with the police and one Lois Lane that exposes Clark for the first time as a flying man. Though not identified, this alien figure now slowly begins to be a person of interest for the media and the citizens of Metropolis. Worried that his fingerprints may still be on a piece of evidence found at the arson site and in police custody, Clark makes the error of breaking into the station to swipe his prints clean. All this does is further the speculation about the flying man, as he is again caught on camera. As yet unaware of his capture on security camera, Clark goes about trying to impress the editor-in-chief of the Metropolis Daily News with a sensational article he had written, when all of a sudden, the building to the Metropolis Daily News explodes with a bang. This time, Clark has no option but to expose himself once and for all in front of the populace, and though he does good in saving many lives from the burning wreckage, the citizens of Metropolis are still wary of him, an alien figure with awesome power. Clark hears it all from his apartment, how some are excited for his appearance while others are cautiously sceptical. In a brief lack of faith, Clark sends his costume back to Smallville, much to Jonathan and Martha's surprise. Yeah, so that was um, that was chapter one. Yep, probably my favourite chapter. Yeah, I um. Uh, 
butt shots of Clark aside. Um, yeah, there were. I noticed that early on, weren't there? <laughs> uh, there were uh, gratuitous um, shots of him. Uh, it became quite painfully obvious. But um, look, I'll, I'll enjoy the occasional gratuitous shot of Lois Lane or Wonder Woman, so people can enjoy the occasional oh, gratuitous course. shot of our Superman. I mean, look, hey, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just funny because like. Yeah. It's a gratuitous shot where he's just wearing like a sweater and mm. um, like these long pants. <laughs> but look, hey, the the art. Let's. I mean, the art itself, I found absolutely phenomenal. Um, who was yeah. the, who was the artist again, Connor? Sorry, um, Claudio. Uh, where's his last name? Claudio Castellini. Claudio Castellini, absolutely awesome art. He does. Um, Man, this is this is up there. This reminds me of Sal Veluto in in Black Panther. Uh, really fluid um, human figures, like figure and body. He's a shocking revelation here, right? Yes, he's Italian. No way! <laughs> you never would have figured that. No, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, absolutely brilliant art here. And you know, just to go on to that point about you know the shots of Clark and such. Um, beautifully drawn, and Clark, even in a sweater. My God, mate, it's hard to make him look bad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, uh, as I think later on, Lois comments that uh, he's got the body of an athlete, but he's still a farm boy. But, geez, he, um, it's hard to hide under a sweater. He, he's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant. So brilliantly drawn. Uh, the art, I just I, I cannot give it enough. And across the... Uh, the four chapters, um, they're just really consistent. Um, stuff I look for in art, Connor, is obviously um, fluidity of movement in, in human figures. Um, stuff like another big thing is folds and creases and um, realism in, in clothing. Uh, you see that a lot uh, effortlessly done here, uh, as well as facial like facial shots as well. And those three I always have as, as criteria. And if you can do that well, and if you... Um, yeah, if you can do that well, then you're you're halfway to being a, a really yeah. good artist. Yeah. Mm. Um, Clark's face is really good. Uh, it's got like a at this point it has a sort of naivety about it. Mm. Um, you know, uh, this is a uh, yeah. This is the, the, I like this whole issue because it's um it's country like he he hadn't been really outside of uh, Smallville. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I, I guess he hadn't really gotten um, his world experience, or if he did get like his worldly experience, it would have been before this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's moved to the big city. I, I like, I love that opening shot where he's just walking down the street, and there's just the noises everywhere, and he's overhearing all these people. Yep. And the the card hustler. Yeah, that the, was good. The card guy, that uh, was great. Three he card the, Monty, yeah. I, I love scenes like that because it's Clark just interacting with, uh, you know, stuff he would never have come across in Smallville. Yeah. And he gets the guy's money back, which I thought was nice because he won all this money and then he just gave it back to the guy. I'm like, oh, well, of course he would do that, but yeah. it was still a nice... Uh, Very good. And, and I like the setup here with Marv Wolfman a bit later on, how Clark can't get the attention of anyone. He's looking for directions. And, and this kind of shows the difference between Smallville with Metropolis. It's a bigger city. People care less. You know, people are busier. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a good setup. And, and obviously the, the police sirens 
continuously in the background. So even, you know, we're reading this comic, but you can kind of imagine the noises and, and the, the busyness of this, of this street. Yeah. yeah. And then the cavalry officer ends up helping him. Yep. Uh, but yeah, then he, he falls for the classic real estate trap. Yeah, yeah that was I know, very tropey, but, you know. Oh, no, I, I liked it. Because, yeah. well, I mean, it, it's true, but, like, he, he's a, you know, he's a, a what, do you, what do you call him? Um, whatever, he, he's the simple country yeah. yeah, country guy, right? So, of course, he's going to get roosted by. Yeah. But like, you know, him, Ma and Park Kent, they don't know how to look for, well, actually, Park Kent should know, but whatever. But, you know, it's, and it's all online as well, so he's booking from a distance, so you, yeah. don't, you don't know what do you're you remember, doing. Do you remember that, have you seen National Lampoon's European Vacation? Yeah, which, uh, the, the Chevy Chase one, right? Yeah, yeah, they go into their hotel room, and it, it's a dump, and they're like, oh, do you think they just took the photo from a different angle, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, because they always do that. They make everything seem yeah. bigger than it is. You have yeah. to actually go there to yep. see, you know, how good it actually is. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it's it's funny, like, how how bad this apartment is. <laughs> like, it's terrible. It's, it's, um... it's not just an exaggeration. It's just, it's essentially lying because it's obviously not a safe neighborhood. And, you know, the one bed, uh, yeah, he's in a studio apartment. He's like, oh yeah, there's a kitchen in there and stuff. Um, I mean, the, the render of the walls is coming off. You've got exposed brick there. You have graffiti on the walls. Yeah. It, it just looks like a total shambles, but yeah, it, it's, it's the worst possible outcome for yeah, it, it some really country is the dude. Worst. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't find this detracted at all. I mean, tropey as it was, I mean, I couldn't really. It, I didn't, yeah, I didn't it, really. It made me chuckle a bit because, yeah. like, the water is brown, Yeah. you know. I mean, for God's sake, the building may as well be on fire. But, like, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, yeah. I didn't have a big problem with it. I just thought it was funny. No, not at all. And then, I mean, and then you have Clark kind of reminiscing um, about his folks back in Smallville, and then you get this thing here with um, the really nice uh, callback to I, I always call it back to Christopher <laughs> Reeve, and how he had portrayed Clark differently. Um, and, and it's like you know he takes off his glasses and puts his costume in front of him or uniform, I should say, in front of him, and he's got that kind of um, stoic kind of Superman look. And then you have him put his glasses on, hunched, you know, um, what yeah. is it, uh, pitch your voice higher, um, yeah. yeah, speak yeah. faster. Yeah, so... Uh, which is, exa- which is like exactly that. what he did to yeah. the role. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, look, that's, I mean that, that, was, uh, that thread happened throughout, throughout the entirety of, of Superman comics, right? It wasn't just Christopher Reeve. I mean, Clark always seemed like the bumbling... Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was. He was definitely bumbling, and clumsy, yeah. and like he was. He portrayed himself as a weakling and a coward, so he wouldn't get mistaken for yeah. Superman. Yeah. Um, you know, but like hunching over and like, well, I, I can't remember the first time in the comics that revealed that Clark hunched over to make himself look shorter. But mm. I am gonna take this as a reference to Chris Reeve stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what I took it. Yes. And and like you know, also Clark just does that now. Yeah, like he like that's how he rolls. He does hunch over and yeah, um, stuff. Uh, so uh, yeah, it, it's cool when he goes because I, I was thinking about you this entire time uh, when the building was on fire, <laughs> and again thinking about you because he doesn't do anything because the they take care of it. Yeah, 
I love this. I I love. I'm this. sure you do. Yeah, because it's exactly what you wanted. <laughs> exactly what I wanted. Uh, but no, also because it's timely as well. This, I mean, this is perfectly put in. Like he doesn't do anything because he's not Superman yet. You know, he, yeah. He's just in the city. He doesn't know where he stands in it. This whole this whole figure about him being kind of alien in this new this new city. He doesn't know what he should do, whether he should jump in or not. Uh, he decides to leave it to the fire department, who seem to be able to to handle it well, um, and so they should. I mean, you know, if they he's are kind of, yeah, he's kind of just dropped in here by Ma and Pa. Like they don't yeah. really they give instructions like, oh, this is your uniform, like yeah. a fireman or whatever, but they. There's so much that they don't understand that he has to sort of work yeah. out. It's and so much more complicated than what they're is. making out. And, and I'm so glad that Marv Wolfman didn't have him just donning the costume straight away and jumping in. It, had, it shows him that, that, yeah, it shows his internal kind of uh, struggles with, you know, should I, shouldn't I, you know, am I good enough? And, and this comes later on where he actually overhears all this um, speculation about him, whether he's yep. a, a, a good guy or a bad guy. And then he starts questioning, should I, you know, am I doing the right thing? Uh, and, th- and this is good. This is all, yeah, this is all great stuff, I think. And, and I think Wolfman touches upon it throughout the whole the whole book, and it's brilliant. And we get we get a Bibbo and Ace of Clubs cameo as well, I'll just point out. Yeah, Bibbo, he's oh. the, um, yeah, that the kind of sailor or something, the big, hard, um, rough-talking guy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in... In this content, in in the '90s onwards continuity, though he didn't, he got the bar way later. So I just I made a mental oh, note okay. of like this is even more out of continuity than. Oh, right, yeah. um, but you know what? It, it, as I said, it didn't bug me. I just made a mental note that like oh, Bibber has his bar up and running already. Yeah. Uh, and you know we have the whole election background going on yeah. between the authoritarian guy and the non-auth, you know the other the opposite guy. Yeah, John um, John Wicks I found was interesting. One of the names. Uh, so John Wicks was one. Yeah. And the other guy, I think Shaw, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, that that was interesting to have in the background, actually. Um, yeah. And I I loved Superman's like Clark's attempts at like sort of investigation and stuff, you know. And he really messes this up. <laughs> yeah, well, this surprised me actually. I didn't realize that he'd get caught. I would have thought that he, you know, the the usual thing would be that he would go away and and somehow I thought maybe he hasn't had any practice with yeah, this stuff. Exactly. So I thought he would just I thought he would just take that that bit of the rocket and just leave, but he actually gets he gives the rocket to them, which again further, further's the plot. Uh and, and he flies away being seen by at least Lois Lane. Not, yeah. Not good because she's a journalist. And he and yeah, you have like the shirtless scene where he's in his bed and he looks way more buff without his shirt on. Oh um, yeah, he's, he's yeah. Like, freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, uh, but I like that scene of him in the fetal position. He obviously is showing that he just doesn't know. Well, because he he's, know he's what messed to do. everything up. Yeah, yeah. He's you know it's not going how he thought it would go. No, and yeah. actually, I'll point out that the S is Kryptonian in this. Because they did mention before that the S was on the inside of the rocket, or they mentioned it later. I can't remember. Yes, that's right. So but I thought I'd make a mental note of that. Um, okay, but that that means it's crypt. Oh, oh, the S is inside the rocket. Yes, oh, they, okay. yeah, Mark, Mark, right, because yeah. Superman's like, what's with the emblem, the S? And she's like, oh, we just saw this on the inside of the rocket and thought it was significant. So uh, okay, yes. Um, yeah, and like you know, because Clark, he's trying to 
okay, I'll help out. I'll figure out who did this. And then he gets his fingerprints all over it, <laughs> and they swat him, and he throws it at them, and he's yeah, he's like, this is what caused the explosion. And you know, it's very bad, mate. He's very he's but he's bungling the whole thing, really. <laughs> like, yeah, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't have the ten years of no detective FBI training that Batman got or whatever. So he does yeah. not know how to handle a crime scene. No. Um, and nor nor should he. Because no, no, uh, it's great. It's showing him just try and do these things that Superman these days can normally do. These are really mundane things Superman mm. can be doing and he's kind of you know. Uh yeah, so and you know, he's trying and failing to be a journalist. And they're yeah. saying he sucks. But with his well what is it like his report on uh what is it? Um, it's like something to do with cows. It sounds really boring. Oh, the bovine. Um, uh, that, that was the one that he rewrote, right? The cows attack yeah. bovines battle for bad blood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because the article is called How to Avoid Mad Cow Disease yeah, on Your yeah. Farm. And <laughs> I, find it, I find it really funny that he hands that in to, like, news, but he's like, this is me as a journalist. This is why you're going to hire me. And yeah. it's just How to Avoid Mad Cow Disease on Your Farm. It's like yeah. the most farmer thing you can hand in. Yeah, that's true. I didn't know. And it just it, it again highlights his naivety. Yeah. Um, you know that he's just handing in this. Yeah, uh, it's great. I love it. But um, it's good though. It gives a bit of an insight as well of um, the rat race that is um, journalism. journalism. And yeah, so he has to he has to do this. He has to do like um, absolute um, slop work. You know, in order to actually get somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't. I, I like didn't. seeing Clark jump around as well, as opposed to flying everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah, he leaps. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> he ends um, up flying though. Um, he does. But again, look again, look at his art. Like you're talking about him jumping when he walk. He goes through that window to try and get rid of the fingerprints. Um, awesome. So little bits of Batman I'm getting here. Oh, like, totally. Yeah, um, really, really cool. I love his X-ray vision. Uh, well done there. Uh, really, because uh, they use um, what do you call that effect? It's like a negative embossed effect. If you look close up at his uh, X-ray vision, it's um, yeah, that stuff that you see on Photoshop, where it's it's like a silver emboss um, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, really, really kind of well done. And you know that that's one of a page where people might be like, oh, he looks like Chris Reeve, and it's like no. Chris Reeve looks like Superman. There's, there's a difference, you know, because yeah. actors are cast to look like Superman. Yeah. You know? I, I didn't pick that up. I didn't think that he looked like Christopher Reeve. I, I've just thought, I mean, he's got qualities of Christopher Reeve, but um, yeah. he's, yeah, to me, he just, he just looked like Superman. Um, and again, the facial um, features there from from the, the artist is great. So, and I know I'm kind of going through the plot here, but I just, because I, I just... I love these moments. Like yeah, he burns yeah, off sure. his fingerprints, and he's caught flying out the window on camera. I mean, again, like... <laughs> it's such a bungle, isn't it? I mean, there are multitudes of ways he could have handled that, but, you know. Yeah. But he he chose that <laughs> that, and off he flies into the full. Well, because it's one of those things. Like, if you're in his position, you can kind of see this, like seeming like a good idea. Yeah. And well, as yeah. as a country as yeah. a country kid, he's not he's not aware of like the technology as well that's available in the city, all the surveillance and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was surprised probes didn't spot him flying into Metropolis. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he, I do love like he's no 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 because he's looking at the paper. Yeah, he's, he's bungled it again, and there, there's his mug, yeah. or friggin' his ass again. <laughs> he's but, flying you know, away. Yeah. Afterwards, he saves some people. 
he does he does the right thing but this is the thing and 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 we see it in the later chapters he does the right things but the um civil the citizens they're still kind of wary of him aren't they they're not too sure um although some of them obviously say that he's a hero um but it's just a weird thing, isn't it? Seeing a guy who just effortlessly lifts the debris. Well, they didn't even really see him that much. Just no. more of his. Yeah, that's right. They, they, they just saw, they sense a guy, pick him up. But one of the guys who was pinned under that concrete beam. Yeah. Uh, he mentions, oh, he just pushed it aside like it was nothing. So it, it's a bit, un- it's all unbelievable for them. Um, and he's quite a mysterious figure. It's, it's a great shot of him carrying the girl out as well. Yeah, like actually, that, that little rescue montage. I, I like his spectac- his like glasses um, being reflected. Um, yeah, the fire there. Although it did remind me a little of that um, psychotic killer in Sin City. <laughs> but um, yeah. anyway, <laughs> Elijah uh, Wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, this is this was great. It was good to see him um, in action, and I love the fact that you know we're not seeing Superman in in costume yet. It's just him doing his deeds. It's good. Yeah, and and like this 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 last. Uh, well, no, second last uh, mm-hmm. page, or this this big panel is great. Where yeah. he's he's hearing all, and you like if you read all of these bubbles right, yeah. most of them are life threatening. Yeah, right. I found like most of them seem like they can result in someone's death. There's crashes. There's escalating like domestic disputes that can turn ugly. Yeah. There's people getting mugged. There's all of these things that are like would really require his immediate attention, but he can't be everywhere. No, and he just he just he freezes up. He doesn't know how to process this. He can't prioritize any of these. He's like it's just overwhelming. Yeah, um, and it's I love this page because it's like man. You know, being able to hear all that would really yeah. suck, because you, like, how are you supposed to choose between yeah. all of that? Like, you literally can't choose between that. Hmm. It's not until obviously he gets older, he develops some sort of system for yeah. prioritizing stuff. Um, yeah, and and you know, I we we joke about it earlier, uh, you know, in previous episodes about um, him doing the mundane stuff and yeah. and how does he pick and choose? But this is great because it just encapsulates all on one page this dilemma that he faces early on as an inexperienced superhero, what he has to do. It, it's it's all the, it's exactly the same thing as you see um, in, in you know, like Daredevil. Yeah, um, yeah, Daredevil ben Affleck, is a big, um, um, yeah. You know, Daredevil takes off his costume, he goes, like, he's beaten up his wounds and he goes to lie down in his yeah. uh, tanks, sensory deprivation tank, and then he he's hears someone being awesome. murdered. Yeah. How, how, do uh, you, how, well, how do you deal with that? Like, you, you know, um, you, and, and more so with Superman, because he's got the power, but he obviously can't be everywhere He can't, once. and he can't choose, yeah. so he's yeah. just, yeah, he's just frozen up, he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and that results in him sending the costume back. You know. Yeah, just gets a, a a loss of faith, a crisis of faith, and uh, and off he goes. So, well, he he posts it back, um, and then you get the again beautiful rendition of uh, Jonathan and Martha's faces. Mm-hmm. There, God, almost like bloody realistic. It's what's um, with Jonathan always smoking a damn pipe? <laughs> oh man, I thought it was just a growth coming out of his mouth. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's like friggin' Mister Rogers. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, it's very wholesome, Park Kent. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he's kicking a habit, and that's just you know that's a, a faux a faux pipe. 
But yeah, so I like is how... Is there it... nicotine in that, Jonathan? Get out of my face, Martha. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what is that weird smell? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's good how it returns back to Smallville, albeit just one page. Um, but it, it has a, quite an impact, doesn't it? Because it just shows that this helplessness of, of Clark in the, in the big smoke. Yeah, and you know, you have um, stories that deal with Clark's struggles and they can ham-fist it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this, this particular panel, I think is just such a great rendition of, you know, kind of a lot of what haunts Superman even to this day is mm. not being able to save everyone. And I just, I just thought this was really effective because I'm reading through all these speech bubbles and I'm just like, wow, there's so many of these that, yeah. uh, could end very badly <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, it's just, I guess, I, I wouldn't know what it's like to hear a whole city. Yeah, uh, no, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, you know, it's, you, get it's a bit a... Of, you get a bit of that in Man of Steel, don't you? Where he, it's all coming from all angles. When he's a little kid. Yeah, he has to be taught to yeah. shut everything out because it just drives him crazy. Yeah. Otherwise, can you imagine um, hearing in everything in the city? Like you know, even those bubbles don't even do it justice. They're just yeah. a massive amount of feedback of white noise just going through you. Yeah. yeah it's uh yeah it, it's really interesting stuff and it's a it and superman being able to hear too much will come up again and i guess i've just spent so much time on it because it's such a good rendition of uh you know a really core aspect of his character mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah very very impressed with this first issue yep and and it leaves us on a really good um no, i mean i know it's all bundled up into one 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 story but, it, story, it does but have, it's still a nice i guess instead of issue i should say chapters chapters yeah um, but it's still a nice little um cliffhanger kind of thing yeah and we'll, we'll rate this thing as a whole we won't do each yeah. chapter um so yeah do you want to go on to chapter two then yeah so chapter two in which he must choose between his fears as Clark reflects on having left Smallville, as he um, sorry, sorry again. Clark reflects <laughs> on having left Smallville, as he grinds out his new job as a cleaner. He has, however, found good friends in fellow cleaners Sammy, Jose, and Luis. The three have a spare ticket to the baseball game after one of their mates, Diego, cancels, and Clark is there at the right time and place to accept their offer. It's not long before Clark learns of the true heart of humanity in the face of adversity and he quietly admires Jose's love of his son and what he'd do to make ends meet. Later in the day it's at the Daily Planet that Clark attempts to gain an interview with Perry White but he proves unsuccessful. It's not all futile as Clark soon learns from Perry's, um, Perry White's chatting with a colleague that the mayor of Metropolis, Jessix, may be considering martial law for the city for an unknown reason. Having heard the conversation between Perry and his colleagues, Clark decides to investigate. It's at the mayor's office that Clark spies that there is a terrorist amongst the city, threatening chaos to the city unless their demand of $5 billion is met. Despite reservations from his peers that the threat must be met head-on, the mayor decides to introduce a tactical response unit to defend the city against the terrorists. Wallace Colmes, leader of the National Guard, announces that martial law will commence at 8pm on that night. The terrorists catch wind of this and respond in the most vicious way imaginable, through bombings and in this instance it's LexCorp um, who feel the brunt of it. Clark rushes in and admits 
the carnage, he helps as much as he can. Again, with citizens con misconstruing it for malevolent rather than benevolent motives. Clark has a crisis of faith again at how he is received by Metropolis and finds himself at his wit's end. He returns to the streets to hear that the mayor ruefully concedes defeat to the terrorists and in the final stake through his heart, the mayor mistakenly feels the flying man uh, is a part of the terrorism. All is but lost to Clark until he sees a figure slowly emerge from the crowd. It's Lois Lane and she aims to fight for Metropolis. So, yeah, yeah, let's talk about that last lane debut. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, that was built up so well. So, you know, you have, oh, there's nothing keeping me here. He's at a really low point. Yep. And they're like, you know, flying man, blah, 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 blah. And then Lois Lane steps up, and I'm like, oh, you know, she's going to defend him. This is going to be really awesome. And then, and then it has that awkward movie star shot of her face and then exactly <laughs> when did this city lose its balls and i'm just like oh really <laughs> yeah I was, I was just like what the hell was that <laughs> I, I, I actually i don't know I, it was... I, I loved it i actually i thought it was um i thought, was, I thought the, her face at the end the reveal very almost greg land kind of like um in the art um but no, I, I thought it was a. I thought it was a. She she jumped into the scene, didn't she? She she introduced herself in her own way, um, very strong willed. Uh, she but, did, but I was hoping she would say something a bit less crass. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, okay, maybe you know, yeah. or just it just felt awkward because it was just building up like, oh, he's gonna get his inspiration from Lois, who will defend him or something, and then she's like, oh, when do you guys lose your balls? And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> And that, and that was because yeah. the, the, what the comic has been doing until this point is yeah. you've never seen Lois's face fully. No. no. And then you see it, and to me it just looks very plastic. Uh, um, she cer certainly has a look, doesn't she? she everyone else had looked pretty real. Yeah, the most yeah. unreal person here might be Clark, but he's an alien, so he can get away with it. Because mm. um, he, he has a strong jaw. He does, <laughs> but, a very strong jaw, yeah. You know, Lois comes out, and I don't know. And she, look, it looks like she—I mean, she has to have been modeled after someone specifically, right? Yeah, she would have some Italian model. Because she looks way yeah. too yeah. specific. I mean, yeah. God, I got Kate Bosworth vibes. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I get a—you you, know—you're saying plastic, and I know what you mean. It's uh, someone who's had treatment done to their face. Uh, I dare say that's what she looks like. Um, you know, she she definitely looks beautiful, but um, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I thought it was good. I think it was a good reveal because I don't know. I appreciated the art; it was very well drawn, regardless of how she kind of looks. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't I pick Bosworth. No, it, it was kind of like the momentous build-up, and then it was yeah. a wet part. <laughs> like that, well, I mean, to be fair, literally the thing that went through my head was. <laughs> yeah, I mean they haven't they haven't interacted yet. Clark and Lois. So oh, I'm not, I mean, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's not that. It it's just it just feels like such an awkward final. Yeah. Um, it just re yeah. Well, has, has mean, Lois been? I mean, because I always again think of Margot Kidder. Has she always has she has she been a little crass here and there? But Ray, I mean, Margot Kidder's the worst Lois. I, I know. Uh, besides I know. Kate Bosworth, yeah. um, has she been? Oh yeah, no, she's been crass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she hits a dude in like Action Comics one. So okay, so do you she's... remember she like slapped the 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, that all the way back there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like, no, go away, bang. Like but she's she, always been. Um, she's got a bit of attitude, doesn't she? You know, and uh, in Man of Steel, part of my French, she's like, oh, are we done measuring our dicks, Colonel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. So, and, but like, it was just the lead up is like, oh, there's only, you know, I, there's nothing keeping me here. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is the moment where Clark's like, oh, here's something to keep me here. And then she's just like, yeah. oh, you know, you lost your ball, so yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's not as inspirational as I <laughs> thought it would be. I, I thought it was, like, it, was good. it was surprising. It was not what I expected. So I thought that was, yeah. I mean, same with me, just in the opposite uh, yeah. <laughs> reaction. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll agree to have different opinions. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. yeah no, absolutely. Um yeah, so I mean that that was the big. I think that was a big thing from this this issue was mainly the. I mean, obviously the reveal of Lois. Um, I love the uh, the bit at the beginning uh, with him just mixing it with the with the working class uh, and and them showing themselves to be quite honest people, hard work. Yeah, he's working as a janitor, a janitor, um, yeah, or a cleaner, which you know makes sense because he doesn't have a job yet. Well, he doesn't have his dream job yet, I should say. No. No, and, um, and he was about to lodge his article to the Daily Express, what it was called, but uh, it blew up. So, so. Yeah, no, that does put a yeah, does put a dampener on it. Bit of a crimp. Um, but I, yeah. I liked when he was waiting in the lobby for Perry White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's waiting and, hours, and then he comes out, and he's like, "Go away." <laughs> yeah, and that that would be what you would expect as well. Like you know, Perry, uh, the Daily Planet. Would, is like you know the the bee's knees of and he mentions that in the first issue it's one of the bee's knees of um of journalism and newspapers uh, so he can't just waltz in there now now connor this gentleman that gives him advice Jack? yeah yeah so i don't know if i'm gonna get out of here because as i've said early 2000s is not an era i'm overly familiar with uh-huh. um or mid 2000s i'm wondering if this jack is jack Ryder. Maybe. Oh, you mean the guy I that I thought looked like him in the previous issue that we covered? Yeah, the creeper. <laughs> the creeper. Um, right. Is it him? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't it, know. It seems like he's got some sort of significance because... He doesn't have... pop up after this. Yeah, but so that's what I'm... Because I thought he'll pop up again, but he didn't, so... He's such an innocuous part in here, but it's, it's so innocuous that you think... He's got to be significant somehow. Like it might be, it's I've, like a cameo of something. That I've looked at know. supporting characters and it just says Jack. There's no link or okay. anything. So maybe it's yeah. Jack. Maybe it's Jack Reacher. Maybe it's Jack Nicholson. <laughs> a young Jack. <laughs> yeah. Just oh. just pointing out, I think he's one of the greatest actors of all time. Just saying. Oh, he's but, good. Uh, he's good. He's fantastic. Have you seen Chinatown? Oh, ages ago. Oh, uh, so you should rewatch it, man. It's great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. No. Yeah. I mean, I like his. Uh, not many. Many. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything's yeah. good. He's good. He's um, good. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from from our man Jack. Uh, uh, God, how miserable isn't, is isn't one... Jack? Isn't Jack a good friend of Gene Hackman as well? Yeah. No, he's a good friend of lots of people. Okay. Um, well, that, that'll be that'll be awkward if you ever Mark, invited Mark to Keaton. a dinner party with him. Good friend of Mark Keaton, good friend of uh, Rome Plansky, all sorts okay. of people. Um, uh, have you seen uh, Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Yeah. Oh, I th- I've seen that the most times, I think, ever. Or Jack Nicholson stuff. Oh, you rewatched that? What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, it's great. It's a heavy, it's a like... heavy movie. Yeah, it is. It is. But it is just... Uh... Like, I loved it, but I have to get up some energy to watch it yeah. again. You know? I mean, um, with the novel, 
it's one of those few that actually um, stands side by side. I think. Oh really? With the novel, the novel's really good. Uh, really, oh man, yeah, very, very hard, very hard to to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but brilliant. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, back from my tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, uh, this chapter I thought was solid. It was uh, yep. just you know build up to stuff happening. Yeah, uh, like another little things that uh, again we see like uh, slowly edging towards some sort of costume. He was all in black in issue one. He's now put a handkerchief on his on his face. Yeah, he's like, don't let anyone see you. I won't part. <laughs> and then he flies off in like this red vest and yeah, thing yeah. With just like that over his face. And I'm just like, dude, yeah. and the only <laughs> flying man out there. <laughs> Like, yeah. And it's like that's not a good disguise either, yeah. man. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but he is hell bent. He he learns um, that the mayor is under a lot of pressure. We see this ominous figure in shadows um, terrorizing the city, saying that we organize a crime, the chaos, and we'll give more if you don't heed our um, demands. So as soon as I saw that figure, I'm like, yeah. I bet it's Lex. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Yeah. Me too as well. Yeah. But I, I, I said that to myself and then a little bit of me as well said, shut up, Ray. Just, you know, just forget about that and just enjoy the rest of the ride. Oh, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think knowing Lex Luthor's behind I know. everything is. I know, but I didn't want to be that person like, you know, to myself. I'm only talking about inner monologue. I'd be yeah. reading it, happily reading it and then Ray just like nudging me. No, oh, that's Lex. That's Lex. And they, they blow up the Lex Court building and throw you off. And it's like, yes. well, no, yeah. he would, that's something he would do. Exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. For I God's sake, he's, he's a madman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is a good, um, it is a good uh, quandary, though, isn't it? About the mayor, like, should they introduce martial law or not? Should they heed the demands or should they and fight? I found, it, I found it really awkward, kind of awkward, because the book Marv Wolfman is obviously of the idea that they shouldn't, you know, um, they shouldn't heed the demands. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Marv Wolfman was very specifically like, oh, you know, you guys lost your balls, like they shouldn't heed. Oh no, they. What I'm saying is they shouldn't do the martial law thing. Uh, okay, that's what you reckon, Marv Wolfman saying was yeah. very anti, like you know, yeah, okay, martial law. And I'm just like, well, man, I don't know. I think I think it's a it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. Like, do you do that to protect the city, protect thousands, or do you take the fight to the terrorists? I do find it kind of funny how he's like, oh, we don't want this to turn into Gotham, and I'm just thinking of a. Uh, yeah. Batman the cult where they brought in the National Guard and the whole city was trapped. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, I mean, it wasn't. it's not long-lived anyway in here. No, it's Be- not. Because, um, uh, because it, funnily enough, the mayor literally just announces, okay, we're going to do martial law, and, and a building, uh, this ominous figure, finds out. And, and he blows up, uh, he starts blowing up, it seemed from below, um, subterranean, mm. I don't know, the sewers of, of Metropolis. Yeah. Um, so a nice shot here of um, Clark's eyeball and, and you're getting all the um, the terror, the chaos below. But yeah, it was a very, yeah. it was a very quick reaction, I thought, to to the mayor's thing. So yeah, what what happened here? Well, Connor, because did they... no matter, I feel like Lex is going to be doing like he has he has a chain of events in his head that he's going to enact no matter what the mayor says but he says yeah he says your mayor has made a miscalculation so it's not long after i yeah, just trying he to... doesn't he doesn't send the money over he calls in the national guard so so lex or you know this ominous figure must have caught wind of that pretty quickly because um colm well, says the, here the we're going to commence is... eight o'clock 
So the idea is he is watching in on the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, he is. That, that's that's is the idea to? I got. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, right. How, how though? Does he have a mole in there, or you know? Anyway. So. Man, it's Lex Luthor. He built yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess um, those were the questions I, w- I was thinking. Um, yeah. I, I was more focused on Superman watching in on the meeting. I didn't realize that Lex had his ear on the ground to that. But anyway, um, yeah, the Lex core just blows up in its um, signature green and purple signage. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we do get that cool shot of Superman's lifting the gator and he's melting the two. Yeah, that's awesome. But he, he doesn't look like a heavenly savior, does he? No. So easily misconstrued as this guy is wreaking terror on on the poor yeah. citizens, but we know that he's trying to save them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is, but the general consensus is, uh, no, he blew up the building. Yeah. And uh, but you know, uh, and Clark Clark's very distraught by this. He's yeah, he is off absolutely. The... He's, he's he's crying. He's the yeah. It's the lowest he's... point for him in the comic is that he's been blamed for yes. this stuff. Um, which is obviously this is very similar to Birthright because he got mm. he got the blame for a bunch of crap in that. And uh, yeah. he was at one point he was like, "Screw this! I'm going back to Smallville." Yeah. And then I think well, I was told him to nut up or something, um, <laughs> and rightly so. Like, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. No, yeah, well, actually, the lowest point is a couple of pages after that when the actual Mayor Jessix says himself that um, yeah. violent reprisals by the Flying Man. So that just is like, you know, the final He's got this cool page with Clark with his eyes closed, but yeah. man, what's with his eyelids? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. There's something weird going on there. Yeah, um, yeah. And then we get the lowest introduction, which we already talked about. But Yeah, uh, yeah. so that, I mean, you should, so it, the kind of. Um, it gives a gl- glimmer of hope there through Lois that um, Metropolis yeah. will not be trodden on. Uh, there'll be more to it. So, yeah. We, it we... the feel, feels kind of bad. He's looking back at his childhood home, you know, seeing his former love interest dance with Pete Ross. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, it's such, it's, it, it's such a, like, idyllic little town, though, isn't it? Mm. You yeah. know, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I recognize that dance they're doing. It's from, oh. like, the 50s, right? Oh, um, um, could be, yeah. I don't know, it just seems like a very classic sort of... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. It does, actually. The, um, yeah, the, the little leg up, him swaying his shoulders. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he just... I mean, that's it at the beginning. It just says, um, I shouldn't have moved here. You know, that's that's where I belong. And that kind of encapsulates how he feels at the end of this issue. He just wants to go home, really. We got these. We got these. I don't know if we got one before, but we get these great art prints. Yes. Yeah. Uh, by Claudio, uh, who we have established is a good artist, despite some weird eyelid panels. Um, Our man Claudio Castellini. And he's got the uh, the Reeve style fortress, which is mm-hmm. like the current fortress before it blew up. Um, Reeve style, yeah. <laughs> I like how Clark's in the Bermuda Triangle now. Um, I do like that, but I wish it. I wish there was an issue where we'd figure out what's going on in the Bermuda Triangle. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Because for- he set up his fortress in the Bermuda Triangle. I'm like, well, that's cool, but They're investigate cool. the triangle itself because I want to know what's going on there. Oh, that's right. Rife's story. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so that's the first art print we get, mm-hmm. uh, and that's cool. Uh, yeah, so shall we go on to Chapter 3? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so Chapter 3, in which he asks the question, that will change his life. Clark is exuberant that star reporter Lois Lane believes in him, an eavesdrop on her defending him to Perry White. 
Perry agrees to let her write the article on the flying man saving people in exchange for her getting an exclusive interview with someone she doesn't like at all. Clark then reminisces about the time he saw a travel special on Metropolis and knew he would move there, as well as Myron Parr making his costume, with Parr telling him how excited he is at Clark's potential as a force for good. Clark then goes to work and pays Jose back for his ticket to the game. Uh, after work, he sees the front page headline of the Daily Planet, Flying Man Saves City by Lois Lane, and he's so ecstatic that he buys up all the copies of the paper. Heading to the park and saving a mother and a child with his super breath on the way, he begins to brainstorm ideas for his big article to impress Perry White of the Daily Planet, mostly ideas to do with newcomer in Metropolis, to do with being a newcomer in Metropolis, and then he settles on how the unknown impacts people. He then uses his telescopic vision to look in on Lois and Perry and sees Perry telling Lois it's time for the interview and orders her to go or her current story is dead. Clark, being curious about who this is, puts on his mask and follows Lois to this press conference and arrives at the airport where he overhears Jimmy and Lois talk about the fact that she once dated uh, the man that's about to be the star of this press conference. The man, as it turns out, is called Lex Luthor who proclaims he has come back to Metropolis after five years to save it from these terrorists and the huge increase in crime. During this conference, a swarm of missiles from the terrorists uh, that block out the sky head towards the conference to the horror of Clark. <laughs> yes, so uh, keep in mind, guys, I wrote these summaries very quickly. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, can we can we talk about the the what an image the last image uh, I, I was actually really kind of uh, excited to see that like, I've never seen that many missiles before. <laughs> that's a lot of missiles, and well, I mean, the thing I was thinking is like, oh, those missiles are green and purple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I know, like they have purple yeah. jets and green. And I'm like, okay, I know who these missiles belong to. He just to. can't help himself, can he, Mister? Well, Lex at least it doesn't have big LL on the side <laughs> of them. Uh, yeah. Back um, in his mad scientist days, they would have. Uh, yeah. So I like how he puts, like, he puts the mask over his head. Well, now. hang on. Yeah, it, it's, somewhat, it's a pantyhose, isn't it? What's, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me slightly uh, of, well, like... It's I thought they it, put on, you know, burglars and stuff put it on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, what's it? That was weird. God, I, mean, I, didn't think, I didn't think Clark's putting a pantyhose on his head. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, I just thought, like, like yeah, I had, mixed, I, had, <laughs> I had mixed feelings. <laughs> well, he was just in the park, wasn't he? So who knows what he did. But, um, yeah, to me, that's synonymous with burglars, as you say. So it was, it was really weird. Um, well, for me, it's like, oh, at least it actually hides his identity. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Oh. But all you of know, this, the... I'm kind of thinking, it's funny because at the end he doesn't hide it. You know, he, he has a, his, his Superman costume. Is no, there's no mask at all. Well, that that's uh, the whole thing, though. That's yeah, when he because yeah. he's not being Clark Kent that much. No, either. no. But and plus, yeah. he's also not flying around wearing the same suit. That, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, which is pretty funny. A little nod there, red and blue. Uh, we get it. Um, inverted, obviously yeah. as well. Um, uh, but, so but look, sorry. Can, Ego. I was just say so. The big thing for me here was not only like the appearance of Lex, but it was sexy Lex. <laughs> it was what? Sexy Lex. Sexy Lex. It wasn't just yeah. sexy Lex. It was uh, a Clark's epiphany that his calling. He he now has a purpose with his writing, and he he can now write about something he knows about, i.e. himself, um, the Flying Man, and. Um, 
I like this moment he has in the park where he decides, yeah, yeah, you know, this is um, this the is unknown, my story. Yeah, how the unknown impacts people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he can he can talk from a, a unique perspective on this, yeah. and and that you know, understandably, gets him. Um, gets him a spot inevitably you'd imagine into the daily planet because he can write so well about it and and so yeah i think this was a big takeaway from this issue now was that um is that the titular question that he asks that will change his life i think so i think so because there was no like big moment like the 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 other titles have been really obvious as to what they were referring to but yeah like that was the only moment of self-reflection that's really in this. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, unless you think, which I, I think is a lot less likely, would be the end bit where he he well, not really that. I was about to say where he actually has to he comes out and and has to actually defend and and fight as a as a hero. But that's a lot more ambiguous than I think. Well, that that the, that really happens in the next issue. It does in the next issue though. Not yeah, not in this yeah. one. So, um, so it's a bit more ambiguous. Whereas, talk- yeah. Sorry, I was just saying Clark looks a lot younger in these flashbacks than he does now. Yeah. But I don't think they're supposed to be that old, are they? Like, um, I, I thought that they were meant that he was meant to be quite young here. Like, you know, at least maybe a, a few years before he's he's actually left. I don't know because he, he I, I picked that up as well. He's definitely a lot younger looking. Um, and you know, I've got enough um, faith in Castellini, our mate. To think that he has consistently drawn him um, at a particular age. So a lot of a lot of questions I'd like to ask about because um, mm. he's got he's got such specific visions for a lot of these characters, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, even even the that splash page of him in his in his uniform for the first time, like his body seems younger as well. It's a very nineties uh, cape flow. Oh, it is, isn't it? My yeah. Um, That's like a whole whole <laughs> curtain there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I don't know. Would, would I mean that would there would be some logic to it? Maybe if he's a, he's a bit younger, maybe slightly. Yeah, I mean, can't I be like, too much younger. I really liked Lois in this, as opposed to well, I liked her in the last issue, except for that last uh, mm-hmm. you know balls comment. But uh, I thought she was really nice in this, and I'll talk about this a lot more when we're wrapping up. But um, you know, this this is really illustrates well why Clark falls for her. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's the only person in a city and she sticks up for him. You know, like she's the only person yeah. that sticks up for him. And that in combination with like, he's always admired her, you know, yeah. Yeah. He, he says numerous times he thinks she's beautiful. Of course he's going to fall head over heels for this yeah. woman. Yeah, of course. She's, uh... You know, like I would, you know, if she was sticking up for me and everyone else is hating on me, I would definitely fall for her. Yeah. And that that's a thing that, uh, the, this is probably the best reason I've seen for Clark falling for Lois. Yep. Um, like agree. I, uh, I mean, in the story at least. You mean you mean overall? Overall. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Spo- spoiler for later. I don't think that this is like this didn't really blow me away. This story, but uh-huh. this aspect of the story, I think, is definitely the best thing that's been done. Okay. Uh, as for why he falls for her, like um, yeah, yeah, you know. So uh, yeah, really impressed by that stuff. Um, cool. And we get, um, you know, we get a bit of an introduction as well. I mean, you can't have it without Jimmy Olsen or Perry White. So they get a bit of time under the sun yeah. as well, which is really nice to see. Um, so you, you kind of get in a nutshell the, the type of character Jimmy Olsen is. Uh, yeah, it's good. I didn't really like the panel where he's talking to Jose. 
He's like, uh, yeah, we do what we do, and then he has the costume on. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I can see that. I uh, thought that was like, uh, it's like, you know, we get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That you know, was a that's bit... really not necessary. That was a bit on the uh, nose. Very one. on the nose. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I, I... Sorry. Go on. Oh, no, I was just about to say that then there's the nine panels, and I like the, the subtle use of his, his powers, only sparingly used. He, um, the power of it, he actually whisks um, a mum and, and her son up with the gust of wind away from the yeah. from the truck and uh, a very discreet way of, of um, doing his superheroing. He, he buys all of the issues of the da- all the copies of the Daily yeah. Planet. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, don't you want more people to see it? <laughs> You're buying them all out so no one else can like read it. Yeah, it's actually, like, sure I don't you understand that. that. What is that? I think he's, 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 I think gonna... he's just overexcited. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but but there's no logic to it though. Plus he can <laughs> shut up, Spock. Plus he can uh, <laughs> he can mail it, you know, baby to like uh, his mum in Smallville, uh, Lana. You know, people yeah. who know he is, but that's not you know every copy there. I mean, goddamn. I think I think yeah, he just gets carried away and buys it all because uh, he's you know he's still young. Oh man, Mister Moneybags, uh, you must be earning a lot from that that janitorial job. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's the other thing. It's like man, you know you're kind of strapped for cash, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, no. I mean, look, that was a that was endearing. I thought because then then he yeah, whistle, he's was. whistling away. You know, he, he's quite chuffed with himself. So. Um, yeah. And, and uh, Lex is uh yeah. I was about to say, what do you think of Lex here? This oh, it's classic Lex. <laughs> look, okay, I know his his classic look as well. Lex and his um, is it Lex? His colors purple and green. But I, I'm just getting that. I I keep on thinking of the Joker. Like, I know that's a very odd thing to say, but with those striking colors, and mm. I know it's Lex's colors as well, right? But um, I was thinking, surely. Oh, because he's so grounded, you know, and it's like no one would wear a green shirt and purple suit. Well, I think I think it's like the idea is he's back from like this holiday. Uh huh. Um, although I think he keeps wearing it, but yeah. I don't know. Like I, th- I think it works for this story. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know he's got. It's it's a little tip of the. Like he wants him. he wants to be uh, in yeah. the public eye. You know, he wants to be yeah. the celebrity. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, wear a exactly. boring old suit. Of um, course, yeah. We find later on. Obviously, he's orchestrated the whole thing. He wants to. He wants whoa, to be that. No, wait, 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 sorry, <laughs> a little ahead of myself. No, it's fine. But it's, he wants to. Yeah. Obviously, he wants to swoop in, doesn't he? So yeah. Mm. Even yeah. green socks. He's even got green socks. I see. <laughs> Madman. Um, yeah. So uh, that's all I have to say about that chapter. Mm, yeah. Me too. Um, we get another really nice uh, drawing here of Wonder Woman and Superman. Oh, quite a quite evocative there. The way that um, Diana is touching his chin. It's, uh, they have a history, don't they? they um, I don't. I don't think they've. I think they're only dated in the New Fifty Two. I don't think they've dated oh, outside okay. of that. But oh. these aren't their New Fifty Two costumes. I don't know. It's a it's a commission. So someone probably just commissioned. Oh, it. yeah, um, sure, true. Someone who quote unquote ships them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to draw Wonder Woman and Superman as lovers. That's what they <laughs> said to, to Claudio. He goes, "Oh, sure." I mean, hey, that's a good drawing, though. It is a very good drawing. You know? I mean, it's... God, they're both uh, godlike figures. They're, they're very, both, you oh, know. Man. And it's a hard perspective. You look at Superman. Look at the angle that he's drawing him. He pulls it off. He does. Yeah, absolutely. It's just very impressive. Now that I think about it, it is very impressive. Like you know, you look at his legs, like his right and left leg. God, you wonder how much that costs. Yeah. 
Oh no, fully inked and everything, man. Yeah, that's, that's oh, it's a really time. good print. Um, I like it better than the other one. Uh, yeah, and me like, too. I, I yeah. don't, I don't think they belong together as a couple at all. Like, I just think it's weird and wrong. But you know, it's a great picture. So yeah, it's a great picture. Okay, well, maybe they can date for a couple of weeks. I, I can mean, see that. it's kind of like, you know, there's a bit of you thinking, far out. These are the top tier. These are the titans. They've got to, you know. But yeah, because um, she's quite powerful, right? I mean, I've heard she's... I, did, I never realised Wonder Woman was this powerful. I, I grew up with the uh, Lindsay Carter, Linda Carter um, TV show. Yeah, so, she wasn't... Back then, she wasn't like... She wasn't, yeah. So all I knew was that she had a, a, a lasso of truth and an invisible plane, and that was it. I didn't not know that she could fly. I only learned that she could fly, I think, last year. <laughs> I never knew that she flew. Uh, I, I also yeah. thought she flew around in a plane. Um and then I've heard stuff like she's just as strong as Superman, blah 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 blah. It's like what? I don't. I don't think she's as strong as Superman, but I, I don't. Yeah. I, from what I understand, maybe her powers fluctuate a bit as well. Okay. Wonder Woman is like of the big hitters. She's probably one I'm least. Uh, well, of like you know her Batman Superman, I'm easily the least familiar with her. Okay. Uh, you know, I've pretty much I've read Wonder Woman League of One, which is very good. Yeah. I haven't read much else except for her appearing in other stuff. But there was a great story. Uh, by our our troubled uh, guy John Byrne, um, <laughs> uh, he, where you know because they kind of had a crush on each other, but they never really met. John up. John Byrne and Wonder Woman. No, well, <laughs> probably, but <laughs> no, Superman and Wonder Woman. They oh, both okay. had this mutual crush that they weren't aware of, and the, yeah. like Clark contacted her agent. And he's like, oh, you know, yeah. do you think she meets Superman? They're both there, and it's kind of you know it's kind of funny because they're both awkward, and then they. Yeah go to like olympus and fight dark side and whatever you know that stuff uh, but the whole thing is uh they learned they kind of wouldn't work dating because clark's a farm boy mm-hmm. and she's, she's like royalty she's made from like you know god clay or whatever yeah, yeah. you know and she she walks with the gods and he's like just a farm boy and their perspectives on everything uh are different like that they become really good friends but mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's why they're incompatible as a couple, as it were, because um, he doesn't think of himself like that at all. So friend zoned. <laughs> well, I mean, it's mutual friend zoning. Yeah, 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 mutual <laughs> friend zoning. Hey, but having said that, look at this commission again, Connor. Where is Superman's left hand? You see that? I thought you were going to ask something else. There. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh my God. Well, yeah. Hmm. See. Yeah. There's. Well, more. we don't know if it's touching. Oh, it's a commission. It's a commission, right? You know, there's again someone shipped them together, and this is this someone's fantasy. So. Look, if they're together, then you know he has every right to put his hand there. I don't think I don't think he's touching it. I'm not sure, but look, oh. this begs a whole episode on its own. <laughs> it does. Um, it does. Anyway, no, it's a great it's a great piece of art, actually. Um, yeah, really good. Very hey, well look, done. It's a good thing this isn't any more Greek than it is. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, let's go to chapter four, the last chapter. Yeah. Uh, our listeners are going to be uh, happy with either a long episode or despairing at a long episode. Oh, uh, come on, listeners. Take uh, a break. Hang on. Hang <laughs> on. Just pause right now. Get a coffee. Come back. You're back? Okay, good. Here we go. Chapter four. Sweet. So, <laughs> chapter four, in which he becomes a man. As the missiles head closer to Lex Luthor's press conference, a voice comes from them saying they warned Luthor not to come back, and now that he has, Metropolis will pay the price. Lex then activates a bunch of anti-missile turrets, and with Clark's help, they are all destroyed. 
The media later reports that Lex Luthor saved the day, much to Lois's anger as no credit was given to the Flying Man. As Clark watches an interview with Lex in his apartment, he comes to a realization. Why did Lex have anti-missile turrets in the airport? Clark investigates further and finds a radio transmitter and finds out the anti-missiles were the anti-missile turrets are activated manually. He then heads over to the LexCorp Media Building and listens in, hearing Lex plan the trip to Metropolis a month ago, which is well before these troubles started. He then heads to the Daily Planet and leaves a note on Lois's desk thanking her for believing in him. At the entrance of the planet, he greets her as Clark Kent and informs her of his discoveries over a cup of coffee, namely that he believes, due to the fact that the turrets are manually activated and that Luther had planned this trip a month before the bombings began, that Luther has set the whole thing up, killing innocent people so that he can gain power and prestige, and his chosen candidate John Wicks in power. Lois is fascinated by Clark with his humble farm boy attitude that's completely authentic, yet he a huge athletic build uh, and she seems to relish the idea that she might have a rival so that she, so she promises to submit the story he writes to Perry White if she likes it they then split up Lois going to Lex's recently fired pilot and Clark to check city filings Lois meets with the pilot and then confronts Luther telling him her theory that he wants his candidate John Wicks in government so the government will buy his weapon defense systems and has set this whole thing up. Also mentioning that she used to write his speeches and knows a pre-written speech when she, when she hears one, which his supposed spontaneous reaction to the terrorist attack was. Lex's seething reaction essentially proves Lois is right, and even if she can't prove anything, he will wish he never left Europe. Clark, meanwhile, tracks the radio transmitter signal with his super hearing and finds a warehouse full of the terrorist rockets, which are obviously Luther's. Luther blows up all the rockets, hoping to get rid of not only the evidence, but the flying man as well. Clark, angry and resolved to stop Luther first, flies to Smallville and gets his costume from the Kents. He then confronts Lex, whom after initially denying everything, panics and fires a gun at Clark. Clark says he will be watching him 24-7, that he won't even be able to floss without him knowing, just waiting for him to slip up or make any small mistake so he can take him down. He leaves and a seething Luther states, the world has just changed, and I'm going to change it back. Back at the planet, Clark gives Lois his story in an interview with the Flying Man. Lois is taken aback because Clark got the Flying Man's exact mission statement without any questions about who he was or where he came from. She then gives the story to Perry and tells him to hire Clark. Lois decides the Flying Man needs a name. The next day, the citizens of Metropolis carry a new paper with the front page that reads What Superman Wants From Us, as Superman himself flies overhead. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. a yep. really good way to wrap up uh, a lot of a little, a lot of action here. We see finally Superman in his uniform. Um, and uh, we, yeah, there are a lot of really good things here. Um, I know that you like this issue here. Connor interaction between Lois and Lex was a good one. Um, also, I guess just Lex and Superman as well was was great. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, overall, a very solid ending to to the run, or to the book actually. It's not really a run. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry, one sec. 
<sighs> yeah, it was a solid ending. Uh, uh, you know, one one of the things I I really dug was um was Lois and Clark's conversation, and what came out of it was that I think a lot of the appeal that Clark has um for Lois is that he she sees him as an intellectual. I guess equal or or um, I guess journalist, yeah. and and that really ups her respect for him and attraction towards him. Yep. Yeah, so there's like a mutual attraction that's happening, like, and it's and it's with Clark Kent as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, well, maybe you know, hintings of an attraction, maybe because she's mostly viewing him as like a, you know, not a love interest yet per se. But no, um, but there's an undercurrent there, isn't there? Like, yeah. you know, there are certain qualities of him that she admires, and she's not letting on you know, yet. Yeah. Uh, but it's really well played, I think, by my Wolfman. Yeah, and I. Lo- uh, so, how good is that shot? Um, hang on, just let me find it. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's near the end. Yeah, that shot as he's standing from the explosion. Oh, with his red eyes? Yeah, oh, no. his hands on his hips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> that was good. Kind of reminds me of the his pose and the um, like. Just his head looks a lot like the nineteen forties Flasher. Oh, okay. Superman. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Lex is behind it all. Shocking. Uh, he does uh, callous things like you know he blows up a whole warehouse full of missiles with with Superman in there. But again, a nice, a nice, awesome show of power that he just kind of shrugs off. He um, yeah. comes out of the debris, the burning debris, and flies off. Um, yeah, no, no, really good. Uh, also, so I'm just going back to the beginning a bit. Um, with uh, yeah, with Lex, uh, what I found funny actually, and this was actually with Lex and Lois, was uh, I had to chuckle at. Uh, Lex's failure again to claim the glory. Um, Lois manages to slip in in the papers there that the the flying man saves the day and kind yeah. of steals his thunder for for that moment where he was meant to save them with the you know the turrets um, firing yeah. off all the missiles. So that was um, a, a really good up yours to Lex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, and you know it, this is also a like an origin for Lex. Is hatred of Superman. Yeah. Because yes, he's like, yeah. hey, this guy's really, you know, he's up in my grill. I'm going to change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, actually, there was a lot here on Lex, which was good. Yeah, as you said, it was a good little origin, uh, origin of sorts. You know, maybe more, yeah. less, less of an origin, more of a, um, a quick getting up to speed, you know, of Lex, say if you're a first-time reader reading this, yeah, then it's a good way to kind of get how Lex works, um, how he kind of sets himself up for glory, um, how maniacal he is, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't really get that much page time though, but it does uh, give the bare essentials and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, his page time though is, is um, every time he's there, they're, they're quite. Um, important moments, like you know, with him and, and Lois, um, and at the end there with with Superman, he he um sneakily, like, look at him, he's talking away, gifted the gab, slides his hand in, gets a gun, and then just shoots at Superman. Yeah, I love that um the panel at the bottom. Uh, he looks just totally desperate, totally totally evil. I actually didn't notice him sneaking to get the gun until now. So. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah. So that that's him, isn't it? He's a crafty dude. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's the whole story. Do you have anything to... Um, yeah, well, I mean, as in overall, or, um... Yeah, uh, do you have anything to add about that last chapter, or do we want to go into overall? Um, yeah, actually, the last chapter, the last page, I just found a little weird. Um, explain this to me, Connor. So, at the last page, we see Clark's, um, cleaner friends, uh, Luis, uh, Jose and Sammy holding the newspaper with Superman on the front cover, named Superman now, with it seems an autograph from Clark Kent. Yeah. Now, um, why? Like they know Clark, of course, but what is his? I guess he wrote the article, but I'm just. Th- it's almost as if like Clark signing it because he's Superman. It's like, but they don't know he's Superman. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? They don't. Yeah, but um, to me, it was a little, just a little off-putting because it's like, well. Why did he sign it? Um, I guess it's his first article. Maybe I don't know. That, it's that just was a cool it. thing among friends, you know. Hey, it's my first article here. Have a yeah. signed copy. Well, maybe that's it. It's, it's his um, first article, and look, I'm proud. And this is yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good to see them again uh, because they could well have just disappeared in this whole hundred page story, just as a, a tool at the beginning. To, yeah. Um, but yeah, nice, nice little cap off there at the end. But yeah, other than that, um, yeah. Solid, solid last issue. So, um, do you want to go on overalls now, or do you have more? Yeah, no, no, that's a bit, that's a bit. So, Marv said he, you know, he wanted to have Superman mess up in the worst way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no really definitive moment that, where that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, like, I thought, I thought he was going to mess up and someone was going to die. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But that didn't happen, so... I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I think what's really strong about this is the first the first issue or the first the first chapter. I think is really fantastic mm-hmm. how it shows him adapting, trying to adapt to the big city. Yeah. It's one of the best the best things of him adapting the big city I've seen. You know, hearing everyone at once and just being frozen is probably my favorite moment in the comic. Mm-hmm. And uh, my other favorite moment. Well, my other favorite thing is Lois and Clark. Like, I really understand why he falls for her mm-hmm. in this. Very, yeah, very strongly written. You know, it's it's he's not falling for her just because they have to, because it's Lois Lane and Clark Kent. Yeah, you know, like they do in nearly every movie. Uh-huh. Um, you know, yeah, uh, there's a, there's a reason behind it, which generally you just don't see, or it doesn't develop properly in the yeah. movies. Yeah, and back in the original Golden Age and stuff, it developed over time. You know, she was in love yeah. with him, he wasn't in love with her, but he ended up falling in love with her, so it worked. Yeah. And in this, they, they do establish why he falls for her, because she sticks up for him, and I love that. Yeah. Uh, that's but the strongest part of the story for me. Yeah, but it's not its not like in your face, oh, I'm madly fallen in love with her. You know, the, the seeds are planted there from Wolfman. It is, he does go on about how she's beautiful. and Yeah, okay. I mean, but, he seems pretty love-stricken. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't come across for me too much from that. Maybe, you know, yeah, fair enough. Maybe he's uh, hes saying that in a, in a different sense. But, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, and that was that was a strong element for you. Uh, how yeah. about the? So you mentioned um, Marv Wolfman said uh, he's going to mess up in the worst way possible. He he does mess up at the beginning of maybe not the worst way. Yeah, like um, he messes uh, up. It's just there's from no, an experience like... and stuff. Yeah, but um, that wasn't maybe he worded that wrong. I think Marv Wolfman. Yeah, uh, and he's he's given you um, 
you know, uh, unfair expectation. Oh, I wasn't like disappointed. Yeah. I yeah. was just commenting. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, 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 at all. Um, okay, so you enjoyed it overall? Yeah, I did. I think it just you compare it to Man of Steel and Birthright, mm-hmm. and both of those. I think are stronger origin stories mm-hmm. and they both, I think do Lex's hatred for Superman better. Oh yeah. Uh, I think they, you know, but like, as I said, this has those moments and the yeah. Lois and Clark relationship, I think are fantastic. It's just everything else. I think the other comics kind of do better and I'm just comparing them cause you know, this is kind of a clark becoming superman sort of thing mm-hmm. like it's it's a part of his life but it seems like a pretty definitive part of him becoming superman yep there's like where what the next book on our list is for all seasons yeah and that is very similar to this so you know that's a coming of age story that's clark going into the city and sort of adapting to it i guess the difference is that's from other people's perspectives not his yeah but uh yeah so yeah, that'll be a uh, be interesting one next yeah yeah so i i really enjoyed this uh didn't blow me away mm-hmm. i just thought it was good i mean uh, i wouldn't call it yeah i mean i don't know it's it's good yeah. I like it, but it's not. I don't know. I'm just. I'm trying to find yeah. the words because it's really not. Yeah. It's not that special. Like okay, a lot of the things in this I've seen before, and like I've seen these things before 2006. Right. Okay. When this was written. Okay. Yeah. The things that like there's a as I said there's those things that really stand out for me. Yep. And those are moments that I will definitely take away from this book and remember mm-hmm. because I really like them, but. Uh, you know, it's just neat. <laughs> okay. It's uh, it's just really hard to because yeah. because of the time this story covers is a very specific Clark it's four chapters about Clark in Metropolis. Yeah. It hasn't really been done in this much scrutiny specific I don't know. Unless mm-hmm. you count Birthright, I guess. Birthright did it too, but that was different. I don't know. I don't know. You you do your thoughts. <laughs> um are you gonna give us your, your rating or do we do that at the end? No, go go through your thoughts first and then we'll okay. do ratings. Okay. Hold on to your hats here, Connor. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I absolutely loved this. I thought this was wow. really really good. I, I found this a very solid piece of four part writing. Which for me, I, I found like because I've read a few four parties before, and um, they either seem unresolved or they seem too rushed. I think the pacing to this was was spot on um, with the four. Uh, there was enough there that Marv Wolfman did to um, to flesh out the characters and add a few more, like the um, the cleaners, Luis, uh, Jose, Sammy. Yeah, give them a little bit of time. Um, for us to get to know them, um, they were—I wouldn't say integral to the story, but they added a lot to Clark's understanding of humanity. Um, the art was just simply gorgeous, uh, and and not having read, I guess, much as much as you have, uh, kind of—I have read Birthright and Man of Steel. Um, I just thought 
this, I mean, also I've read early Marv Wolfman stuff, not necessarily su- Superman stuff. Um, and having read this, and this is Marv Wolfman's story, uh, it was, I think, so well written and in a contemporary way. Uh, like, I've read a lot of his early stuff in the 70s. Um, so t- to read this, I didn't think he sounded, you know, uh, rehashed or, or, you know, old or tired. Um, it was good, very well grounded. Uh, and I, and I absolutely love that. I love the fact that in that forward, in the um, confidentially, I think at the beginning, Marv Wolfman's forward, he mentions, you know, you're not going to see Superman in in costume at all, and and I just love the fact that you just see Clark just working at it his early days, and regardless of time continuity or what have you, yeah, um, just see him working through it, and uh, and I just found the. The hurdles that he came across, uh, stuff like as you mentioned, him sitting in the room and not knowing what to do with all the all the crime happening, um, also with the um, judgment of the citizens of Metropolis and how they view him, uh, all that stuff. The stuff as well with uh, you know, well obviously Lex Lex Luthor at the end, uh, all all I thought brilliantly kind of well you know brilliantly done. So as a um, as a as a single unit, a, a four chapter book, uh, I thought this read very well indeed. Uh, so, mm. yeah, I, I absolutely, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, I could look at this, I could stare at this art all day, um, yeah, and I could reread this happily again and again because it's because it's you know it's four four issues, so it's it's short enough to self contained as well, self contained, nice quick read. Um, whereas you know sometimes. You know, six issue arc and stuff. Uh, it's a little, a little too long. You know, if you just want a nice quick read, um, a bit longer than a, obviously one issue. So, um, yeah, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Loved it. I guess uh, a quibble I have, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, is <laughs> yeah. the current point because he becomes Superman at the end, but mm-hmm. all these problems he was having at the start with being overwhelmed and stuff. Yes. I've never really addressed. Yeah. They're not he, really, not really re- that's that's for another story though, I think. I suppose, but I, he does become Superman at the end. You he know does what be- I mean? Yeah, like, but by no means does that mean he's um he's now the fully fleshed out Superman. Yeah. He's put on the costume, he's put on the uniform. He's come out now if anything, uh it's his relationship with Metropolis that has kind of um uh, he has graduated, has blossomed. Yeah, um, and I guess still this got, is yeah. supposed to be a segment of Superman's early days. It's not yeah. supposed to be like his definitive early days. So no, and, uh, and he does a, he does have a triumph to a particular scale with um, uh, defeating Lex. So that that's a big tick. You know, that's a big tick yeah. in his his box. But yeah, for sure, he 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 hasn't resolved those ideas of what do I do with who, who, who shall I save? And I guess because those and while that might be for another story, those ideas were put in this book. Mm. You know, yeah. So, which I think was good. I mean, it had to be, had to be. I mean, oh no, it was great. They just they were never, they were yeah. just never addressed. You, okay, I so you wanted yeah. a bit of, a bit of closure for that. But. It's like they they put it in, but they didn't provide closure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they didn't. Yeah. So yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. That, that's um, I think that's why the first couple of issues were a lot stronger with me. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because um they. They focused on him adapting to the city and his role and everything, mm-hmm. whereas later on it was more about foiling the Lex plot and stuff yeah. like that, and it became a lot more focused. Whereas I preferred Clark just um yeah 
yeah. ad- adapting to this overwhelming new life yeah. and how to make these decisions and stuff. But uh, well, you know, maybe maybe now that he's outed as Superman and he's in full costume and in the public eye, maybe he can address those issues a lot more successfully. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah. So rather than it's just the the, the yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it's left up there, left out there. I wasn't too too phased by okay. that um but uh, but i enjoyed the um addressing of it early on as you as you did as well i enjoyed yep. the, the the nod that you know these are the issues because you know what would be worse would be that he just probably glosses over that totally and again we just get a perfect superman um do-gooder from secret the Origin! <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. Oh, my God. He has no, like, mm. no struggles like that in that book. It's all just yeah. good. Yeah. You know? Oh, no, he got hit with kryptonite. That's, like, the epitome of his struggles in that book. I mean, yeah. my See? Lord. Well, there you go. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Do you want to do ratings then? Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, I will just say, Marv, it's up there in your Superman stories, but uh, I could probably find an issue I like better that you've done. I just can't think of one off the top of my head. Okay, okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, yeah, it hasn't sold me in Marv being, you know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Look, he, he put a big mozzer on his face there when he said it's the greatest story I've ever written. I mean, that's well, big, he said greatest Superman story. Yeah, written. it's greatest Superman. Well, I mean, even that that's a that's a look. Big, he he big definitely call. put his all into it. Mm, mm. You know, like he yeah. definitely put a lot of effort into this. There's uh, a lot of love for the character. In oh this. yeah, there, there's yeah. so much love for the character. Yeah, here. that that much is clear. Like he loves the character. Yeah. You can definitely see that. Um, you know. I'm not saying it's bad. Uh, no. well, let's uh, let's do our ratings then. So I've got I went first last time. Yep. I remember now. Um, um, any ideas of what we should rate it out of for this one? Uh, uh, missiles or uh, exploding buildings or, f- or buildings on fire? <laughs> yeah, let's let's do green and purple missiles. Green and purple missiles. Okay, so for this, I happily give it, and, and I'm proud to be first to say, I'd give it a solid eight and a half out of ten. Wow, eight and a half missiles. Um, fly at me, come on, uh, I can take it, um, because, uh, missiles, I mean, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it, as, as I mentioned just previously before, the art, the story, for me, that was a very tight story, um, good dialogue, great character development, good action, I love my action again, I keep on saying, um, yeah, so I had everything I wanted, I want in a comic book, um, so yeah. That's uh, basically it. And uh, how about you? Green and purple missiles? Um, I will give it uh, 6.5. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There was... I said this part of the story I absolutely love. I absolutely love, uh, you know, Clark's reason for falling in love with Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Best that's ever been done. Yeah. Just by not. Like, it is the best that I've seen it done. It's, uh, it actually, you know, it's actually being addressed, isn't it? You know. Yeah, and yeah, as I said, that moment early on, early love, and the artwork's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But everything else is like there was a lot of things. There's just a lot of moments in this book where I'm like, eh, you yeah. know. Um, so it was good. Like it was definitely good, and I definitely recommend reading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, definitely read this. But uh, there was just I don't know. There was just a lot of things in this book where I thought were okay. Okay. You know. Um, so yeah. I think a lot of things in this have been done better outside of the Lois Lane stuff. 
Mm-hmm. But hey, you know, yeah. So six point five for me. Definitely okay. recommend reading it. Go pick it up. Yeah. Um, and look, I'd just like to say as well, I have it on digital. I I think I'll be happy happy to buy a physical copy. You it. definitely should, man. I yeah. mean, it's a it's a nice little book. So yeah, well, I mean, and and proven now enjoyable for me. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely, yeah, keen to get it. So, uh, yes, that was us. Make sure, uh, leave it, leave your thoughts on this one as well. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. would be very interested to hear people's thoughts yep. on this story. Yep. Um, get on Twitter, you know. guys. Get on Facebook. Come on, shout us a line. Yeah. Let us know. Where, I don't care where you are from. You know, we, we are Kryptonians. We hear and see everything. So, yeah, we'd like to see more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so next, mm-hmm. we will be covering For All Seasons, yeah. which is a classic uh, done by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. So, you know, they're, they're quite the dynamo team. Yeah. Uh, it is a coming of age story. Yep. For Superman. So, so kind of similar um, in a sense to this. Oh, no, I, haven't, I haven't read yeah, it yet. Yeah. The whole thing is it covers the four seasons. And each season is like there's from a different point of view. So like Park okay. Kent and Lois Lane, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, yes, so that will be interesting. Mm-hmm. And that that is a listener request as well, which is why we're doing it next. Ah, yes. Listener uh, request, um, yeah, from our good mate Noel. Yes. Noel Tate. So make sure you guys read that. It's pretty, pretty widely available considering... Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a classic, so... Yes. Uh, yes. I- interested to hear thoughts on that. Very interested. To- yeah, definitely leave us your thoughts on this. Yes. I really want to hear your thoughts on this, because I am curious. I'm really curious. I don't yeah. know people's general opinions on this, except for me and Ray. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely good to be get- to getting your thoughts in for that. It'll be great, and we can read it out um, our next episode. What I'm yeah. just thinking, Connorell, as well, we might as well strike while the iron is hot. And uh, for our, as you're saying, for our next episode we'll cover, let's put up, we'll put up a discussion thread um, on, on our page, on, on mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, uh, and we'll do something similar on Twitter, just so um, it's a forum for you guys to just drop your thoughts in uh, and let us know what you think of uh, For All Seasons. And we can have a look at that, we can discuss it on the show next time, uh, next time that we're up, as well as our own thoughts. So um, yeah, we'll put that up and make it easier for you guys to, to drop something in. Yep, definitely. Cool. All right. So, um, I believe that's it. Yeah. It's a, a, a very good issue to go through, a, a mighty one. We have clocked in at uh, just over two hours. So, um, but enjoy, highly enjoyable. Hopefully, you're still with us, super listeners. Uh, yes. Yeah, um, there's plenty. Look, look, this young, this young fella here, Connorell. He knows his stuff. You got to listen to him. <laughs> I'm only here to, to, to you know, to, uh, <laughs> to give my, you know, my simple thoughts. But uh, yeah, definitely worth listening, um, guys. I don't, I don't know where I was going to be with that, Connorell. Yeah, but... no, I, I don't know either. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm distracted because I got a text saying someone wants to pick me up like ah. an hour and a half away from here in the morning, and I'm just like, hey, my Saturday ah. mornings are. <laughs> they're uh they're me Tom. yeah okay? that's it yeah yeah uh, but Your you for- know fortress of solitude time until until next time i hope you yes. guys find your lowest lane god knows i'm still waiting um <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah be good and don't um don't plot any evil schemes to make yourself look like a hero yes <laughs>
Bye. Catch you later. Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com. Our Twitter, at lskpodcast. Our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And last but not least, thank you everyone for listening.